three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there was that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, Aaron. Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is Jobbing Out. Welcome in. It is episode number 122 of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and of course... The main event. Vint. 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 AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. Uh, what a great week we've got for you guys. We're calling this Old Friends Week here on Jobbing Out as we have uh, two guests that are making return appearances to the show that we we love. I mean, just two guys that we really enjoy talking to. Um, the great, the hardcore legend, Tommy Dreamer, will join us on this week's show as well as our buddy, uh, DC's own Kevin Kiley Jr., who, of course, remember as Alex Riley. From WWE and NXT, and uh, now you know as he's going to be way more famous. Than I was going to say yeah. he's, st- he's if he does any more indie shows, it's at it's as Steel Horse. Oh, that would you're right about that. That's for sure. Uh, of course, you know him now as uh, Steel Horse from uh, Glow, the awesome Netflix series that we have now all three watched, and I'm excited about that. Do you understand now, AJ, why it is that when you made the Welfare Queen reference on Twitter a couple yeah. weeks ago, I was so excited. Yeah, yeah, I get it now. Yeah. That was, <laughs> no, I was just talking about how people actually see people as welfare. I know you were yeah, talking yeah, about totally, something else. I know, but I we like were... when you, when I saw it, I was hoping that you specifically went to that reference because you had seen the show, and I, I was yeah. I was disappointed at that point. But now you understand my excitement because it might legitimately be the best character on the entire show. It's Correct. she's that great. It's that or Mark Maron's character? Yeah, they're both really good. All right, uh, so that's uh, that's coming up a little bit later on in this week's program. Uh, because we got two guests, we got to kind of move a little bit quickly. But we need to, uh, I guess, before we move forward, move backwards. And of course, this past week, boys, was great balls of fire, um, <clears throat> utterly fantastic pay per view. I actually, I really enjoyed it. But we'll get to that in a second. First, we need to address the big news from the week. I mean, the most massive news there yes. ever was, which is. <clears throat> <clears throat> Finally, <laughs> Jobbing Out has become champions of trivia at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. That's right, ladies Facts. and gentlemen. Facts. Right. And who wasn't there? Well, the main event wasn't there. Mm. The event. I, I, my favorite thing about this whole bit you guys do, uh, about how <laughs> saying we didn't win all those other times because I was there, I mean, a, as if Aaron allows anyone but him to Put in the final answer. I mean, in fairness, this was a okay. This was a goofy, goofy ass week because Aaron did a, a, a good job as well. Aaron is obviously a, a he's a nerd. Good so, job, come yeah. on. But the difference in why it is that we were so far ahead that literally the last round didn't matter in the trivia this week was that when we guessed, we got them all right. Every single time we guessed, we ended up being right, which is the damnedest thing that could have happened. There was one that was like a lyric from a song, and I oh, was yeah. like, "Maybe it's maybe Batista. it's Batista." Yeah, like, uh, uh, all right, we'll go with Batista. And of course, it, I mean, like, it was the damnedest thing. It also helped I that I was apparently the only person in the room that remembered the 2002 draft. Yeah, that, that, that helped a lot, no <laughs> doubt. But uh, appreciate everybody who came out. Uh, Chad Lamas, our buddy uh, Dale, uh, Mr. Fat Crab Cakes on Twitter. He's going to come in and do guest picks with us because he uh, paid the price that you need to in order to pay. 
which is you have to buy us something. And he bought us uh, cheesecake. He bought us dessert on Sunday night, so he gets to be a guest picker in the future. Um, but yeah, great, great, great time, and we did win, and we're excited about that. So in our new studio, we're gonna have a brand new. Uh, we have uh, a little trophy. Where is it? I don't. It's yeah. well, I mean, until we move into the new studio, right, I'm not fair bringing it in here yet. But uh, that was great. Now I'm actually largely in agreement with AJ. As far as the pay per view is concerned, it was very I, entertaining. I enjoyed it uh, yeah. thoroughly. I thoroughly enjoyed the pay per view. Um, there are things that I disagree with. There's there's a big issue that kind of lingers, um, but as as just as far as a pay per view goes, I thought from from start to finish, good matches, mostly logical storytelling, <laughs> mostly. I was just, it, it was such um, a storyline heavy pay per view. You know, you know, it's so funny. So uh, I also, you know, I like to put out polls, you know, after the pay per views go off and ask people what their favorite match was of the night. Um, and you know, it's just surprising to me that, you know, uh, with 93 votes, 54% of the votes picked the match Roman Reigns. Was it's in. really Ding. weird. It's really weird. It's, it's amazing bring, how that just to worked out. This week. Was, uh, three and a half, three and a half minutes into this <laughs> week's just, show. It's just amazing how that, how that worked. It's just funny, you know? Yeah. I yeah. bet it is for you. I bet it's very funny. Now, in fairness, it was by far the most memorable. I know that much. It was by far the most memorable of the night. I honestly, I'm honestly, if I'm speaking honestly, like people picked that because of like the match was good. The match was really good. They did a great job. But, um, but people picked it because of what happened after yes, the match. Clear. Yes, clearly. Yes, clearly. Because Though, of course, Reigns smacking Strowman with the chair and no, Strowman I mean, I, just look, I shrugging match, off. I thought it was good match. Hilarious. I, that yeah, was awesome. It was very funny. Oh, but if yeah, but if Roman Reigns did that to anyone, it would he would be booed out of the gym, and everyone on the internet would say he's no selling chair shots. Anyway, um, <laughs> what uh, like uh, you know, just it's funny how things work out that way when you pick and choose how you want to react. But uh, uh, do you know what I actually thought the best match of the night was? Um, Tag match? No. Well, that was a great match too, but no, the, the best... women's title. Match. You thought that was the best match of the night? Yes, I thought it was a good match. It, it was fine, and yeah. how they how they worked. I thought that was the best match of the night. The finish made it so that, that it continues. It's looking like it's either going to be a triple threat or a fatal four way at SummerSlam. Right. Um, I'd guess a fatal four way after this week, but yeah, yeah. Like, um, uh, I, I think that coming out of the fatal four way at SummerSlam, you would have Sasha win so that you can have one more Sasha Alexa Bliss match with a finish. Um. But yeah, it's it, it. I love that match, and I love the the entire card was incredible. No, I agree. I I thought the card itself was very good. I thought it was a fun midsummer, you know, pay per view where it, it it continues to push. The the only it there's look there's there's two, but they're related to the same thing. There's two issues that come out of Sunday night, and one that lingered till Monday, and then we'll get to the Kurt Angle thing here in a second. The first issue, of course, is that. And this goes back to this conversation that we keep having about about heels and faces. And that we're living in this world where it doesn't matter anymore. Whatever you do, if you're a heel, you're a heel. If you're a face, you're a face. So let's just say that you lose a match and you're pissed off that you lost the match and you decide to attempt to murder a man. (laughs) That's cool. If you're a good guy, that's what good guys do. But that um, also could be the beginning of the end of his face, and, tar- and, of him being a face. And if ultimately that's what it ends up being, that's that's a totally different thing. 
based I on... really truly believe the point of that segment was to begin a double turn between Roman and I, I saw you, it was written, I saw you say it, that. It was yeah. written terribly if it wasn't. Yeah. Because I, Braun clearly came out as sympathetic and Roman clearly came be, out as hateable. Not, not, even, not even just sympathetic, but he came out as sympathetic and like... Heroic. Uh, heroic walking away from that. Yeah. Correct. Um, agreed. On all accounts. Agreed. Um, the, the only thing I'll tell you is that like... I. And again, I referenced this on the show before. I'm working with the knowledge that someone connected to it has told me that no way, no how, in no world will they be turning Roman Reigns heel. Now, Vince McMahon is in charge and will ultimately make the final decision, and my source is not Vince McMahon. So it's totally plausible. And even if your source is Vince McMahon, he, he can, can wake up one day. his mind every day. It's totally plausible that Vince McMahon has changed his mind. But the way it was stated to me was like, no. When this, was this stated to you? Uh, a month ago. A month ago. Um, when, when was Extreme Rules? A month ago. Okay, a month ago. Um, that this, and this is someone who knows. I mean, that's, this is not a wrestler. This is, not a, this is someone who, I don't want to say anything more. Yes. Um, that said, no, period, N-O, period, it will not happen ever ever now again ever's as outcast once told us forever is a very long time when you're gone but know that day by day rules keep going on miss jackson my intentions were good i wish i could um this i don't know and again all it takes is waking up one day and saying well you know yeah that's the way i thought last week but this week i'd feel something different but and it would you know what else that would also solve the double turn to solve the issue of how do you have two giant monster heels? Yeah, I mean, that would solve that, too, to some extent. Um, I feel like there's always going to be another monster heel that comes along because it seems to be no, the only thing. No, but there's a difference between a monster heel like Rusev. We've already been over this. Right. Yeah. There's seen a monster heel like Rusev. Oh, you mean just somebody? Just pure like, size. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, 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 I hear you. All right, I hear what you're saying. Um, I have no problem if that's the direction that you're going. I prefer that direction. I have a big problem, and I say a big problem because, again, I'm – I'm coming to grips with the stop caring that the heels are doing good guy things and that the faces are doing bad guy things. I'm, I'm getting better at that, and I'm trying to relax that a little bit because it's just not changing. Um, my, my opinion, I don't like it, but I get it. That's just where we are in 2017. Uh, well, we've been there since 1997. Yeah, to some extent we have. You're right. To some extent we have. I think it's been – It's, it's been definitely been 20, more brazen lately. I think it's that, been 20 – It's been more brazenly? Yes. yes. No, no, I agree that it's been more – It's been more of that lace. Right now, how many true, like completely non-tweener characters exist? Do you, do you realize that Stone Cold Steve Austin would literally stun women – I, and okay. and yeah. fight women. Yes, again. Be a face. I agree. I'm not saying it didn't exist. I'm saying we're at the point now where it exists throughout the card, where there is no like there are so few obvious. This is the good guy. This is the bad guy situations that exist within professional wrestling, or at least in the WWE. Yes, at this because point. yes, you know why? You know why that is the the issue. Because, of the, because is it because of the fans? Is it because of Daniel yes. Bryan? Is it Daniel Bryan's <laughs> it's fault? Daniel Bryan's fault. It's, it's not Daniel Bryan's <laughs> fault. It's it's all fans ever since Die Rocky Die. When like when you're not always going to get the response that you expected for specific guys, you got to write and account for everything. So when Roman Reigns is going to get booed half the time he goes out anyway, the man put his he's the only person that ever had to defend the WWE title in a Royal Rumble You've against 29 before. other people, yeah. and he got booed. 
That is literally if Daniel Bryan had to do that or if Shawn Michaels had to do that or if literally any other face in the history of the business had to do that, they would have been resoundingly cheered. I understand what you're saying, AJ. And what I'm saying is that, like, again, I can accept that it's happening. I don't – it doesn't mean that it's still what I have to like. I I prefer personally there being a good guy and a bad guy. And I feel the same way when I watch movies, by the way. Like, there was a – I love the Wolf of Wall Street. Hang on. No, no, no. Not true. I love the Wolf of Wall Street, right? Like, I love it. It's it's a great movie. It's far too long, obviously. And there, nope, it's it, perfect length. It's I, it, one of the, okay. my favorite movies. The scene at the end of The Wolf of Wall Street where they show the FBI guy back on the, the subway and like his life sucks, mm-hmm. that bugged me. That scene bugged me, right? Because, no, 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 Jordan Belfort's an asshole and a piece of shit. I get that like we all wish that we could live the life that he was living, but the concept of this at the end should be he was clearly the bad guy. Clearly, no matter how much we are jealous, like the point of showing all that stuff is we're supposed to be jealous of it. But at the end, he's got to be the bad guy. Like, we've got to understand, no, he's a piece of shit. He's the bad guy. But at the end of the movie, they throw in this scene where, by the way, look how shitty this other guy's life is. Look how terrible. He's the one that's supposed to be the her- hero, but look how terrible I mean, his life cop. is. Well, he's I, the cop. I, yeah. I get it. It's not, it's not his fault. It's not the, mood, the director or the producer of the movie's fault that cops get paid shit. I understand, but that scene was unnecessary. They didn't have to use that scene in the movie. And I get it. A lot of people like it. I'm saying that's not what I like. I don't like that personally. I prefer... Why do you think I like superhero movies, dick? I like good guys and bad guys. I like knowing. So you you hated Deadpool? No, I like Deadpool. I did, of course. You sound like an idiot. No, no, no. That's not what, Deadpool. No, no, no. That's Deadpool not went after no, no, no. real yeah, bad correct. guys. I mean, you're wrong about this, dude. Yes, he was a complicated figure that became a good guy. Correct. Okay, you can pretend you clearly never read a Deadpool comic. Well, I didn't do that. You're right about that. That's why he said superhero movies. Yes, I like superhero, superhero movies because they're very clean. They're very clean. You, you don't have Captain America turning into a Nazi in the movies. Correct. <laughs> Typically, not normally. It doesn't normally happen that way. And again, this is me. I'm not saying this is the only way it can be done, or that if somebody enjoys something else, there's anything wrong with that. I have an opinion about this. This is my personal opinion. I prefer good guys to be good guys, bad guys to be bad guys. I get it. In order to make the story more compelling, sometimes you have to have them go through personal introspection and, and, and weird moments. But it, in the end, I like the good guys to be the good guys my, and the bad guys to be the thing, bad guys. My big thing is I don't have a problem with you feeling that way, and I don't have that problem with you, that being your opinion. My problem is with you guys pretending like this is a new thing. I, oh, it's more, it's more brazen it now. It is a thousand it, percent it is, Stone Cold Steve Austin never attacked so the if, fans. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Lin, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because if... Linda McMahon came out to the ring and Roman Reigns Superman punched her. I'm sure he would get cheered for that. Uh, I don't know, man. He I, would not get cheered for that at all. Stone Cold Steve Austin got cheered for giving her the I, worst. I understand. It's also a very different time culturally, and you can be fair about that. Now, that being I said. I'm just pointing out yes. a fallacy in your argument. Well, no, it's not, because it also doesn't reflect cultural change. There's a shift in time between 1997 and the things that were being happening in 1997 and what's happening in 2017. You've got to be willing to include that in this experiment. There's a variable there. 
That all being said, again, what I'm saying isn't that it. Okay, what didn't... about when the Dudley Boys got cheered for power bombing? Was that was 15 years ago. Still talking about the same. It's a t- cultural difference. Then there are things that you could do in 2002 or 1997 that you know damn well. Largely post Janet Jackson. Oddly, I don't understand why that was the demarcation time, but it is that you just it can't. Actually, is the demarcation? Time. It is. Yeah. It's, it's what it is. It's a weird because there was no it, it, domestic violence involved in the Janet Jackson incident. But whatever it is, we can always look back on that. And by the way, I'm all for the fact that we are more progressive. Now, I want it to be this way, but there's things that you could do then that you can't do now, and you know that that's true. Again, all of this being said, my point isn't that, like, it's new. It's that it, it's throughout the card. You, you there know, are so few. Right now, what do we have going on that you know who the good guy is and you know who the bad guy is? Enzo and Cass? Yeah. You is, know. And Dean Ambrose? Dean Ambrose, yeah, to some extent. What do you mean, yeah, he's fighting four people? Relax. Well, in that, you know that Miz is the chicken shit. Like, I'll give you that. You certainly know that. Dean's so weird that, like, it's that's a weird thing, too. So there's that, right? Like, you've got that and you've got that. But, like, name more. It's on Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar. Who's the fake? You tell me you know who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. I can. Uh, one guy choked out a uh, six-year-old man yes. that had no way And the other guy said he didn't give a shit about the fact that his, that the, his opponent had choked out his friend. That makes him a good guy? And, <laughs> yes, that make, in Brock Lesnar terms, that does make him a good guy. Are you kidding? Brock Lesnar is a good Brock Lesnar was everybody was mad about Brock Lesnar and then he fought Goldberg and everybody loved Brock Lesnar again. Like that's you can't even judge Brock Lesnar on the same. But terms that, but that's that's the think. point is that we we have this sliding scale of what makes somebody a good guy, what makes somebody a bad guy, and we have to find these little things that. Uh, oh, by the way, because, again, I'm accepting it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I I get it. I it's I'm struggling with it because it's not what I like, but I'm accepting that that's the way that it is now. It's that's what it is. It's it's to the extreme. It's to the nth degree when you're having someone literally attempt to murder someone else. That's an awful reach in this whole world of good guy, bad guy thing. But, I, again, I'm not even really going to bitch about it because I accept there aren't any good guys. There aren't any bad guys. It's, you know, pick who you want to root for and root for that person. And if you don't want to root for him, don't root for him. But the one thing you kind of had going with Roman Reigns was what? Women and kids. That was the one thing you kind of had going with Roman Reigns as far as justifying still wanting him to be a face and... Are you supposed to say to women and kids they should root for the guy that 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 tried to kill someone? Like I I just I think it's an extreme. I think it's a bit much even within this context of accepting that I get it. Heels are heels are heels, faces are faces, fine. That's the world that we live in now. This is still an extreme measure on that standpoint. Like how 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 what's the defend it? What's the defense of it? I literally already said it. I think it's the beginning of the double turn. Okay, and if that's and if that's it, then that's it. Yeah, I mean that's it. Then if that's I couldn't. The case, I couldn't put. I couldn't give you any other reason for it. If that's the case, and if it ends up being other, that way, other than if their plan is to, the only way I could see it being not that is if their plan is to go straight up Brock Roman at SummerSlam, have Braun not be on TV until then, and show up at SummerSlam and cost Roman the belt. That's that's literally the only thing that I could think of other than that. Okay, that and and if it's that, then they then they wrote it wrong. They okay. should have done it well, brawling, and, and then you get to well. It, but you know, it gets yeah. to the other issue here, which is I, I know the next thing that AJ and I are going to battle about, but I also know that I have a trump card on him. Um, it it's a joke, a joke 
that they're doing this thing where they had him lose the match, and yet it didn't happen. And, well, he even the score, and now he just gets to be in a number one contenders match a week. Well, especially when Kurt Angle comes out and he says, you know, you have a lot of nerve being here. I'm angry at you, but I'm going to give you a shot at the title. I mean, it's it's a joke. So, so what Paul Heyman says doesn't matter at all? Yeah, yeah, right. Paul Heyman's, and I get it, he's doing the good, the Lord's work where he's trying to make it seem like somehow if you beat The Undertaker one time, it means that forever you get to be the number one contender. It, it, it doesn't fly. I mean, it just doesn't fly. Like, there's no... I mean, that's not the only thing... I, I, that's not the only thing that is uh, why he's in that match. I mean, you can pretend that Roman Reigns isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer if you want. I, I didn't but, say that. But just like when The Rock came back and got a title match versus CM Punk at uh, at Royal Rumble, just like when John Cena comes back and gets title matches when he wants, just like how Randy Orton really didn't do shit to deserve uh, uh, his build his fight versus Brock Lesnar. He just came back and said, he, they said, we're, we're going to have you for Brock Lesnar. Why did that work? Because he was a fucking star. Because he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. He also didn't lose a match the night before. That This is the problem. The problem isn't that you're that, getting that. He also, he also had, also was injured and didn't wrestle. I understand anyone, that. But he didn't lose. He didn't lose. There's such a big difference between those things. The evidence that we had going into making those decisions wasn't the last thing that we saw of them was they weren't as good as the other person that they fought. They didn't lose. That's a significant difference, man. Did you say did Randy Orton lose the uh, last match before yes. Lesnar? Hold on. We can find that out. I yeah. don't know the answer to that. I don't, know the, I don't know the answer to that question either, and I can't address that. My point being, again, you sh- he just showed up. I, for whatever reason, anything that happens before you disappear seems to not matter. And I don't, dis- I don't agree with that either, and we can address that when it needs to be addressed. What I know is, and this is the reason why I thought Roman Reigns had to win the match, and what I'm really angry about is that he didn't win the match because it was clear they wanted him involved in the main event at SummerSlam. When we talked to Al Snow, what was it that Al Snow told us was the one thing that mattered that professional wrestlers had the job to do? You there? Hello? Yo, you there? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, you, uh, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Everything's good now. What I said was, when we talked to Al yeah, Snow, I, I, he said there was one thing that mattered, one thing that, that actually had to count from week to week. Do you remember what it was? Wins and losses. Correct. That's the one thing that is supposed to matter in professional wrestling. And you can't keep doing this where we, we want you to watch... We want you to believe there was a result, but then we're just going to pretend like, pretend like the result doesn't matter. That's where you lose me. You lose me on that. And I'm not going to – look, me, I'm an – you're not losing me, for God's sakes. Not, and, also, and, also, and also, why are we pretending like Braun Strowman can't be in the match? Oh, by the way, I'm certain that he will. I'm certain at this point this is going to be a four-way. Yeah. I'm certain of that. I, I'm so certain that this ends up being a fatal four-way that I'm, I'm – ultimately, when that happens, I'll go back and say it, – it's just the notion – that you're doing all of this and then saying, but congratulations, you get to be in a number one contenders match next week. Congratulations, the losers get to be in a number one contenders match next week. When, by the way, there were other guys that won their matches on Sunday night that 
Like, in what world, just for a question, is Seth Rollins not in the argument to be in the, the title picture? You mean Bray Wyatt? Well, well, well yeah, just, Bray, right, sure. Just Bray Wyatt. Yes, correct. You yeah, you're right. No, my, you I, I screwed that match. up. I screwed it up. Yes, I meant Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry. I, I, that's what I meant. I didn't mean Seth Rollins. I meant Bray Wyatt. In what world is he not in that argument? In and, what? and he might have an argument for that because he beat Seth Rollins again on Monday. But you don't know because SummerSlam is literally six weeks away. Except they're having a number one contenders match next week. They didn't. I didn't guess, decide and that. Guess what, they're doing and guess that. What, and guess what's going to happen in that number one contendership match? Someone's going to get involved. But either, but, either, Bray, either Bray Wyatt or Braun Strowman or both – are going to get involved in the match. But, well, I, but doubt, you've already, I doubt it's going to be Bray Wyatt. But, my, but my you've, already, is, you've already set up the match as the thing. Is you have said that right, these two decided, belong in the title picture. You decided these are who the two guys are. And I get it. Again, we all know that we think there's going to be more than that. But the point is, what was the argument, based on what had happened, that Roman Reigns should be in a number one contenders match instead of someone else? I've already I've already made my point very clear. Except that you want to ignore the wins and losses thing that Al Snow told you was the one thing that actually mattered, and then you told him that you agreed with everything he said. And there are extenuating circumstances. <laughs> you can pretend that there's not. Well, hold on. Do you- just like you, pre- just like you pretend John Cena shouldn't be able to do it, but he is. He should. Just like if The Rock came back tomorrow and said, "I want to." If Brock Lesnar wins the match at SummerSlam and The Rock shows up Monday after SummerSlam and says. I'm gonna fight you for the WWE. Title and again, I'm not at, gonna. I'm not at, gonna like at it Wrestle, at WrestleMania. You're gonna be the first person to say this is awesome. No, I, I won't. Know. No, I won't. He hated when yeah, Cena came I back. I hated that. What are you talking about? You're gonna, say that's you're awesome. Tell me, you're gonna tell me that you're not. You're not gonna think it's awesome that The Rock is fighting Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean that will be great. But the point is different. The point again remains. I cannot like the circumstances by which it happens, and I. Reserve the right to enjoy it if Roman Reigns faces Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. I enjoy, reserve that right. I don't have to like the way that it got there, and I think it's bad storytelling. And on top of that, still, it's better for – I can't believe I'm saying this. I would rather someone just show up and get put in the match than someone lose and get put in the match. That's terrible. That says it doesn't matter. That says don't watch the pay-per-views because whatever happens is irrelevant. We're just going to decide on Monday what we want to do anyway. That's not good storytelling on any level. That wouldn't be good at MCW. That wouldn't be good in, in, in Evolve. That wouldn't be good anywhere to work like that. Storytelling has to be, as Al Snow, again, who we all agreed was super smart and was giving us a lesson on the nature of professional wrestling. Winning and losing has to matter. And it's so easy on Sunday night. If, if you don't want Roman Reigns in the match, don't, you know, don't, don't have him win. But if Roman Reigns is supposed to be in your SummerSlam main event, have Roman Reigns win the match. It's so easy. It doesn't take much. Just have him win the goddamn match, and you're good. None of this is a problem at that point. What, why did you have to have Braun Strowman win the match if you still wanted to have Roman Reigns in the main event at SummerSlam? So that you could have Braun Strowman in the match too? I mean, what are you doing to get there? What do you mean? I literally just told you, interfere in the match next week. Um, I mean, I, again, you can do that, and it's clearly what they're going to do. The notion that you're doing a number one contenders match with two guys that lost matches is, is bonkers to me. It's bonkers when you have a card full of main event caliber people that one so matches. You're saying, so, you're saying, so you're saying in boxing, in UFC, there's never once... Been someone to lose a title match and get a rematch 
for said title before someone who won a match on that card in that same weight class got a shot at the title. First of all, there's so much there that I can't. This one isn't a rematch. It's a different match altogether. You're getting what you're suggesting. You're saying saying that he shouldn't be in the number one contenders match. I'm saying that if you have a match between the number, if in UFC you have a number two ranked fighter facing a number four ranked fighter, the number four fighter loses, he doesn't get to become the number one contender for the title the next time. That doesn't happen. Here's your problem. Here's your problem with your entire argument. By being in the match, that makes you the number one contender. Well, but wait, wait, why, wait. why are you in the match? That's the question. Listen, let me finish my statement. Okay. Samoa Joe won the number one contender match right. at Extreme Rules and was the number one contender when he lost. When you lose to the champion as the number one contender, you can be bumped down, but you're not, you're not always. Right. Samoa Joe's argument is far better for being in the match, yes. So, but then, but then, if he can be in the match and he lost the night before, right? Then Roman Reigns can be in the match with the entire history that he has, even though he lost the night before. But again, you're in your world. The comparison that you're making is that the again because the UFC they they actually rank their uh, their contenders, right? Is that you have on the same night a a title match between the number one and number two fighter. And you have a match between, say, the number three and the number four, or the number three and the number five, or the number four and the number six, whoever you want it to be. And in your scenario, the number four loses to the number five, but yet the number four's next fight gets to be to face the guy that lost in order to win, and the guy that was the number five just gets to sit and wait, despite okay, winning that fight. And, and here's, your, here's the counterargument to that. In that situation, if we want to use those ranking systems, Roman Reigns would be the number two contender, Realistically speaking, after Samoa Joe, right? Well, well no, what we're, saying, the, what we're saying is number one is the guy that's the champion. Well, that's not how it works. In the UFC? How, yeah, it is. You're the number one ranked how, person. Yes. No, I'm not saying number one ranked. It says champion, then it says number one contender. I mean, that's you're using different for in the They rank the division, and the champion is the number one ranked person in the division. That's how the UFC does it. So, fine. One versus two, correct? Yes. Roman Reigns would be three. Right. Okay. One beats two. Three loses to five. Five is injured and cannot perform. What happens? You're saying that the two losers, so that number four person just gets thrown out. They don't. Whatever they do Correct. doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't. Correct. It doesn't work that, that way. That happens a lot. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Present your are, argument. Are you telling me that every person that Floyd Mayweather's ever fought for the title was the number one? If you're considered? comparing it to boxing, we're gonna have yeah, we're gonna have times the number 127 fought number one. So we're gonna be here all night. Here's here's the. Here's the actual uh, wrestling comparison to it. Uh, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal lost for two years straight, and we put in a number one contender match. He won, and we yeah, were eventually was, fine with it. There was certainly an argument that he didn't belong in the number one contender match, but he was in it, and he won it, and that's how he became the number one contender. So we're saying that, but whether or not he be- belonged in you're, the so match... You're just saying that that's the proof that you can put whoever you want in the No, I'm, I'm saying match. that it's the proof that, you know, this isn't unique. Okay, it's definitely not unique. Again, it goes back to I don't think that's the way it's supposed to work based on what Al Snow told me about professional Then why wrestling. did you get on my case for the whole Jinder Mahal thing? When well, that was my whole argument was that he, was, he shouldn't be in the match. He shouldn't be anywhere well, near. That wasn't really your argument. Matches. Your argument is that he, you, he was ruining wrestling. That, if you had <laughs> used that argument, you might have been in a better place. Your argument was that he was ruining professional wrestling. And they just had to slash the prices yeah, for yeah, Battleground. Well, clearly, that's, <laughs> it's Jinder it's Mahal's, Jinder Mahal's fault. fault. Clearly, all of this. It's Jinder Mahal's fault that Roman Reigns is in a number Fact. one contender match. My point is wins and losses should matter. Let's Absolutely. move on to something else. Absolutely. Uh, what else do we need to cover quickly from... Uh, Angle. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Angle. Angle. I, I'm going to be so who, disappointed. Who is it? If it's who not Dixie it? Carter, I'll be so upset well, that either, I... I really think it's going to be an illegitimate child, whoever it ends up being. So a lot of people brought up Chad Gable, which, like... I No, I don't think it's going to be... I think it's going to be an illegitimate child, just random, you know, random child actor or whatever, and it ends up being, like, Stephanie or something oh, like that. I don't... Maybe not Stephanie, but it'll end up being a, a regular... The mother will end up being the superstar. The kid will be relatively irrelevant. Okay. I mean... You're doing this in Nashville. I, again, I hope it's Dixie Carter. It better I, damn well be Dixie Carter. I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be so disappointed. Or Claire Lynch, for that Carter. matter. But you know, that's yeah, a, fine. <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed. AJ, who you, who do you think? Uh, I think it's Paige. You think they're bringing Paige back after this week? No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? That was a joke. That was a joke. Oh, my <laughs> God. All right. No, I, I, honestly, I honestly could not begin to tell you. I don't know who. I have no idea who it's going to be. That's why I asked. I really, like, I feel, somehow feel Stephanie McMahon's going to get involved in this, but because I think that the plan is to make to bring them back. But I don't know. I don't know how she plays into it. I definitely don't think they're going to go with – she has. He had a kid with Stephanie, and he yeah, I, guess. I don't think there's any way. I, def- I don't think there's any I way. I definitely don't. Maybe, think maybe that it's Charmel from that that angle back I'd in two thousand five or whatever All it right, was. Uh, quickly, because I want to run through the rest of this. Uh, go around the table. The first answer is yes or no. The second answer, if you say yes, is when do we ultimately have a Kurt Angle Triple H match? Uh, Aaron, you go first. I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say no. AJ. No, absolutely not. I I think there's a thousand percent chance we're getting a Triple H Kurt Angle match. I don't my, know. My 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 here's 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 my more uh, complete answer. No, because I do not think Kurt Angle wrestles. Okay, again. and if that's if they and, are and, so and the hell bent on Kurt Angle not if, wrestling, if if Kurt Angle wrestles, yes, is against Triple H. I I'm so convinced that they are starting this in motion to ultimately get a Kurt Angle Triple H match at some point. If it's one match, it's one match that that's what they're going to do, and that the one person they could trust if they were going to allow Kurt Angle to have a match would be Triple H. So that's I'm convinced that we're getting this. I don't think it's SummerSlam, but I think it wrestling Survivor match. Series or Survivor Series. Sure, that's that's a great place for them to do it. Uh, quickly, uh, boy, uh, Enzo's in such trouble, right? Like, God, he's in such a bad place, which is the reason why they gave him five effing minutes to cut a promo on a pay-per-view that didn't even have Finn Balor on it because he's in such trouble. There's no way he could survive this. That's what I keep telling. I mean, that's what I keep hearing from Aaron's friend, Ben. That's what I keep hearing is that, you know, Big Cass and Enzo are going to flop out of this, uh, you know, because they broke him up. That's I what think. I keep hearing. That's what that's what people that's what pe- that's what people like that are friends with Aaron think. <laughs> wow. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. You're asking him to save you seats and you're crushing him. Uh, that is happening. That is happening. <laughs> I'm crushing him be- I'm crushing him because of his own foolish, foolish remarks. <laughs> just like just like he said, based off of the one match he saw last night of of Kyle O'Reilly, the one match he's ever seen of Kyle O'Reilly, the one time he said, "That guy. There's no way that guy can make it in this in WWE." Yeah, well, for, I, for, I, I, I guess we should have said spoiler alert. Wow, Riley yeah, you just is, crushed that. He showed up at the NXT tapings this week. That's what it, I mean. Who cares? There's, it's on Twitter. Anyway. Yeah, it, it, NXT is about to tweet it out. I'm sure. So yeah, we won't what tell you, you. Spoiler alert! Are you kidding me? I found out on Twitter. You? Oh, you didn't go to the tapings last night. No, huh, I right. found it on Twitter. Well, you're going to the May. You're yeah, going to May Young Classic. The May Young Classic today and tomorrow. Shout out to Renee Michelle. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, the Hardys use the term obsolete. That's exciting. I think we're all excited. And delete. Yep. Har- Hardys revival. Very excited Always about that. Always very excited about that. Of course, where did the, the one thing, where's at least Seamus and Cesaro? Um, that's a good question. I don't, I don't have an obvious answer, but it doesn't take much in order to figure somebody. I mean, they're, they are the champions. I'm right. pretty sure they'll figure something out. I'm sure. Them. Well, I did just those are the two obvious, you know, Hardys well, the, and Revival. Club. But you're doing Seamus Cesaro versus the club? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, I know. you got to get somebody. I mean, yeah, you got to get someone. I'm not saying I you mean, can't do it. you just got to make a big shift for one of the I two mean, teams. I mean, there's an easy way to make Yes, Finn Balor shift. also is sort of looking for something to do right now. Boy, that would be, <laughs> oh, be really kind of serendipitous if he could wait, just wait, make wait, it all work. Wait, that would mean Finn Balor is involved in a pay-per-view, and we know we man, can't do that. one. Settle down. Um, all right, we'll handle that. We'll take a break here. We'll come back in. Um, before we get to SmackDown, let's chat with Tommy Dreamer, the hardcore legend. He's coming to uh, our neck of the woods next week. We'll talk to him about it. When we come back in, I'm Glenn, he's Aaron, and he's the main event. A.J. Francis, the Washington Redskins. This is Jobbing Out. Charm City's newest football team, the Baltimore Brigade, are taking arena football to the next level at Royal Farms Arena. This is the first ever season, and you're going to want to be there for it all. Catch a great game with your family sitting close to the field, or get your night started with friends in the bunker party zone. Baltimore Brigade football is high-speed, action-packed, non-stop excitement everyone can enjoy. Get your tickets now at BaltimoreBrigade.com or by calling 667-930-0200. Baltimore Brigade football. Ball presented by MedStar Health, brick by brick. Back in here for segment number two. It is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. Uh, hopefully AJ will join us back here in a second. But in the meantime, a very cool night coming up next week with the Bowie Bay Sox. As next Thursday night, July 20th, our next guest is going to be hanging out at Prince George's County Stadium, taking pictures, telling all the secrets of being a hardcore legend. He is the great Tommy Dreamer, and he joins us once again here on Old Friends Week on Jobbing Out. Tommy, it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us again. No worries. Thanks for having me. Looking and forward to uh, coming down there. Absolutely, man. What's the most, when you do one of these things, what's the question you get the most from random jamokes that walk up to you? Uh, well, most people tell me that, you know, they watch me from, you know, my days of ECW, and uh, I guess the most random question that's always asked me is, what is your favorite match, where I always tell people, you know, this has been my dream since I'm nine years old, and I don't have a favorite match, I'm still living my dream, and if we're, you know, talking about sports or, you know, baseball, it's, you know, a lot of guys... They've been doing it since, you know, playing Little League. And, you know, if they're out there and they're playing, it was Terry Funk who taught me any day of professional wrestling is a good day. So any day you're living your dream and, you know, playing sports, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. I love it. It's, a, it's amazing how uh, busy you seem to, to stay here. In addition, obviously, you're doing the, the minor league stuff. You're, you're making appearances. And you're also running House of Hardcore, which seems to be getting bigger and bigger, you know, by the month, it seems like. Well, just, what, what's going on these days with you? How are you staying so busy? Uh, I have no clue. Uh, it's funny. My wife was the one who reminded me that, you know, when I left WWE in 2009, you know, was, you know, spend more time with my children, which, you know, I did and make my own schedule. And last year I did 180 shows as an independent professional wrestler. Holy crap. At uh, 45 years old. 
And it was, you know, she was like, you know, that's, it's great. And I was, my answer is, well, okay, number one, Terry Funk is my mentor and he's wrestling in his 70s. So I kind of screwed myself there. <laughs> I got to keep up with that. And then, you know, two is, you know, I still, I still love it. Um, I, we talk about House of Hardcore. I just got back from 17 days in Australia where we took uh, my company there and it was beyond expectations of how well the shows did and the turnout. And especially for me, who I don't have television yet, and it's a lot of my, you know, just social media and fans just loving professional wrestling, and I've been definitely blessed. When, when we getting you back in Joppa, uh, it was such such a cool thing to have you there, and, and what a fun night that was with an amazing stacked card. Holy crap, uh, including our buddy James Ellsworth, who's obviously gone on to do some uh, pretty big things. When can we get you back there? I uh, don't know yet. I had a great time there. Uh, you know, they have a... For me, it's really, really hard, like you said, when you don't have television and you have, you know, WWE where they have, you know, so much television and Ring of Honor and NXT. So it's, you know, I got to kind of really strategically place (laughs) because it's, you know, you're, uh, I'm a wrestling fan too. And it's, you know, I'm also a father and it's expendable income and how much you're going to dedicate it to, you know, professional wrestling. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Hey, Tommy, um, and by the way, I want to make sure I have all the details. It's 25 bucks for this event next Thursday, and this is so cool because it's not just Tommy like hanging out on the concourse doing all that. Not only do you get to go to the Bay Sox game, but they're going to be in a suite before the game with Tommy for this meet-and-greet and Q&A event. Um, an autograph, a photo with Tommy, all of that for just 25 bucks, which is awesome awesome you got to go right now to get your tickets at uh, baysox.com you can also give them a call right now 301-805-6000 in order to get your tickets has the main event rejoined us aj francis of the washington redskins yes he has oh man look at that on now with uh, tommy dreamer um tommy i know you're like a big football fan too right football uh baseball you name it i have uh, an amazing streak going on right now and uh, Sports Illustrated actually uh, published it. I predicted last year's Cubs. I have predicted from the playoffs of both hockey and uh, basketball. I've predicted all three winners. And then uh, hockey and basketball, I predicted the final two teams that were going to play each other. So I'm on like a tremendous streak of uh, being Nostradamus as well as uh, picking future bets, and I think that's my next calling in life. So yeah, I was going to say, who who do you have in the World Series? In the yeah, we need to know. I gotta, yeah, we got we got to get some money. money on this. I actually picked uh, the Cleveland Indians and the Houston Astros oh. in the uh, divisional championship, and then uh, I I picked the Indians to win it all. Okay. All, all right. right. I mean, yeah, I, that I, makes I still sense. like that team. Yeah. I still like a lot about that. I think that could still end up working out. Going hey. into uh, going into the uh, All Star break, all my teams that I predicted are all uh, in first place. So I'm doing really, really well. Yeah, I do I'm sports. To... Let's do sports radio. Please don't take my job. <laughs> <laughs> Please, you got you got enough jobs. Please don't take mine as well, if you don't mind. I love talking sports. I talk sports all day. That's cool, and, man. Uh, I will definitely be doing it on uh, Thursday with all the fans. I'll talk wrestling, sports. I'll talk uh, Zach Britton, Manny Machado, whatever you need. Fantasy. I'm a huge fantasy guy. Awesome. I uh, I've lived my life in fantasy as a wrestler, so I might as well just. That's a good point. I'm in like 
football. I'm probably in about four or five leagues that I start, as well as baseball, and then three. And anyone who follows uh, fantasy baseball, it's a full-time job, and uh, I love it. This break from the All-Star time was amazing because right. I could who's, actually who's, put my phone down. Who's your big fantasy football sleeper this year, then? Ooh, I haven't done my uh, studying right now. I really uh, I take about three to four days to really, really study it. Though, last year... Uh, I was in, like I said, four leagues, three of my own, and I made the playoffs every one. My best league, and I finished second, was a straight-up auto-draft. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, how, year, that's how it usually works. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly thinking uh, this, league, this year I'm going to do two auto-drafts and two, uh, <laughs> and I start betting against myself. <laughs> See how it goes. See how I'm it a goes. genius. I'll just let auto-draft do the job. Hey, uh, Tommy, I was reading, so I, I, I don't even know if you remember this or realize that, but our, our buddy um, Ron Snyder has a book coming out about independent wrestling uh, later on this summer, and, and he actually quoted you from when you were in Joppa um, about hardcore wrestling and, and the thought that hardcore wrestling, what we remember of it, is no longer truly what hardcore wrestling is anymore and what you're doing with House of Hardcore is not exactly the same as what ECW was once upon a time. It's no longer necessarily just about what's the most violent thing we can bash over each other's skulls, but perhaps wrestling itself, it, it just having good matches and performing is a little bit more hardcore. Can you tell me, uh, you know, expand on that thought for me a little bit and how it is that, that hardcore wrestling has evolved as a thought process, particularly knowing how many people seriously may have done some damage to their bodies doing some of the stuff that you guys were doing back in Philly. Right, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, just like we didn't understand, and, you know, the game of football has changed. In the 90s, you know, you used to take a chair shot to your head, never put your hands up, and, uh, you know, there was something uh, back then that we just didn't know about concussions and all that stuff. Uh, and the game of every sport progresses uh, for me, hardcore wrestling, you know, when WWE, after the original ECW went out of uh, business and WWE took it over, you know, to sell DVDs, they, you know, they put over the blood and the guts and the fire and all that stuff. But to me, hardcore is a work ethic and it's a passion for, you know, what you do. Monday Night Raw, when they, you know, guys go on the air every night, they're hardcore because they give everything that they can as well as, you know, WrestleMania. They're, if there's no more hardcore than every person who puts it in, you know, at a WrestleMania show, for me, it was just like, you know, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, when they were in ECW, they were hardcore because they were the wrestlers. And, you know, uh, we had the violence, we had all that stuff, but we also had some pretty damn good wrestlers. And for me, it's just, it's giving it's giving people everything that they, they have. It, it's, you know, going out on the field, laying it all out on the line, and, you know, hopefully uh, score a touchdown, hit a home run, or, you know, win the championship. And that's kind of what I... My philosophy has always been, you know, I, I wrestle every single match like it's my last because I know one day it will be. And if it's in front of, you know, 2,000 House of Hardcore fans or if I'm doing it in, you know, a smaller indie company or if I'm, you know, wrestling in, back in WWE or doing anything like that, I, I always just went out there. It's, that's always just how I've been. Tommy, when you were, when you were with ECW and you were with, you know, you know, you're with House of Hardcore and even back when you – would call, be called back in with WWE. Was there ever a time when you were outlining a match with somebody and they came up with an idea for a spot and you were like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> man. No, um, I've always been crazy and it's funny, you know, if, uh, <laughs> I guess I went back to WWE 
about a year and a half ago when I did a little feud with the Wyatts. And our last match that we had in Philly, you know, I was going off the the stage. Uh, Braun Strowman power slammed me through the barricade. I thought I broke my back. And I was doing all the crazy stuff. And I seriously turned to everyone. I was like, guys, I'm the oldest person here. And I get that I'm not under contract. But can somebody else go crazy? <laughs> I'm old. Speak, speak so, no, I don't. It depends on, you know, for me, too. It's I don't want to say the size of the crowd, but it's... uh my opponent for my own house hardcore show, I wrestled uh, Cody Rhodes. He went to the top rope, and we did a standing superplex. And uh, it was funny that, you know, the fans, as I was climbing up, they go, Tommy, don't do it. You're old. You're going to die. And then when I hit it, I, uh, you know, you get the, this is awesome. You still got a chance. So it's okay. <laughs> Speaking about old guys, you still got it. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, house of Hord- hardcore shows coming up the rock and roll express are uh working a couple shows here how hardcore are those guys to uh, still be going they're awesome man you know it's funny uh ricky i see him all the time on indies i love ricky morton and he still goes out there he'll do a, a head scissors he'll do a dive to the floor and he's so amped up and he's 60 something years old to be back and you know he was in the original ecw and he's like man come back to that arena it's gonna be awesome tommy thank you for having me and, you know, it's like I said, it's showing men from the past, uh, current superstars, and, you know, the next uh, superstars. For my own company, when you say, you know, when you're coming back, I, I've, I've this will be House of Hardcore 32, 33. I've had 39 people that uh, I used on a current basis go back to WWE. Wow. So if I'm the company that's going to rejuvenate people's careers, or get them to call up, then great, because I'll just keep on producing more and more stars for the fans. Like, oh, yeah, so that guy wrestling has hardcore. Okay, so you say Terry Funk went until he was in his 70s, but like, is do you think about it at all? Do you ever think, you referenced your kids, do you ever think like, dude, I could just go to the Bowie Bay Sox and hang out and take pictures. I don't have to necessarily do this insane type of stuff. Do you, do you deal with any of that? Do you internalize that type of stuff? Uh, sometimes. Uh, here's my deal. I, uh, like I said, I wrestle really, really hard because this is my dream. And when it ends, I know I'm going to miss it every single day. I actually don't like just doing autographs or, you know, just doing signings. I love meeting people and I love when people tell me stories about how myself or ECW or how wrestling, uh, connected with them or changed their life. I've been blessed, man, to see my life's work to come to fruition when I was in ECW I was all about ECW when I was in WWE. You know, it was all about, you know, what can I do? I'm chasing that dangling carrot. And you don't realize it when you're, uh, you know, out there doing it, how you affect people's lives. And I've had so many people, you know, tell me story. I, I had this one guy tell me he uh, was going to kill himself. And he saw me get chokeslammed from the top of the ECW arena. And he put off his suicide to see what happened to me. And then he realized that he actually cared for somebody. And I met him on social media. He told me his story and he said, now I'm drug free. I'm getting married. I have a daughter and I owe that to you. And I was just like, wow, you know, and now I'm friends with the guy, Uh, you know, and I, I could continue to tell you stories of how that is. I look at wrestling at Sports and music have the greatest connection to people. I remember when I'm a fan, I had a great time with my father. My father is no longer alive, 
But when I, whenever I see Ric Flair or Ricky Steamboat, I remember when me and my father sat and saw them wrestle. And, you know, it's an amazing thing for me. And, and you know, I love that connection. And when people tell me stuff like that, it's great. So for me, I personally don't like it because I just want to keep on wrestling until I can't no more. Because once, unlike 99% of all wrestlers, once I say I'm retired, I'm done. I'm not wrestling ever again. Yeah. Wow. Wow, man. I mean, was it, when, when you talk about you know this affection you have for Ricky Steamboat and, and Ric Flair. Do you is there like for your money, who do you think is the greatest wrestler of all time? Eh, can't answer it. Uh, can I can't even do a Mount Rushmore. For me, I remember seeing Dusty Rhodes uh, wrestle live in Florida, and that's where I knew what I wanted to do, and he was my hero. And I got to hang out with him all the time. I wear polka dots on my pants, and my butt should never be in polka dots, but I do it as a memory <laughs> of him. And, uh, you know, but it, there's there's so many, and I was, and still am, man. I watch, I watch the WWE Network almost every day uh, when I'm doing cardio in the morning. Uh, right now I'm stuck on Mid-South Wrestling 1982. And sometimes I watch and I'm like, this is the greatest. And other times I watch it, like, how did I watch this? This is horrible. <laughs> or I was, I'm so much better than this guy. But uh, it's just, you know, it, it makes me still be a fan. And I think, you know, that that's how it's always kept me grounded. And, you know, I do. I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. I was just, when we were in Australia, man, I was rooming with Billy Gunn. And uh, he was like, why do you watch so much wrestling? I was like, huh? Because I'm bored, and you know what else am I going to do? And it makes me happy, or I can relate to it, or I'm going to, hey, I'm going to do something similar to this uh, angle. Hopefully, when I get television, or when I my company keeps on growing the way I want it to. It's cool, man. It's really cool. Uh, before we let you go, and it's funny you bring that up because we were talking in our first segment. And I know because I saw you tweeting on Sunday night that uh, that you watched uh, Great Balls of Fire. Um, we've been talking a lot in recent weeks about. Uh, the concept of what's a heel and what's a face anymore in professional wrestling. And that like, sometimes the bad guys do things that are just fine, like that, that are reasonable. And then sometimes the good guys seem to do things that y- you can't justify. Like, I don't know, say a giant Samoan man backing a truck into another human being. Right. Like I just, I don't, I don't know how that, are you okay with the way that professional wrestling in general has kind of, change the concept of a heel and a face that like if you're a face whatever you do that's what a face would do instead of it being that faces are definitely good guys and always doing honorable things while you know heels are always bad guys and always cheating and doing those types of things uh me personally i like good versus evil i think it's always worked uh i don't mind uh i don't want to say tweeners but if you know a perfect example, when Cody, Cody Rhodes and I wrestled, Cody's a star. And it was, you know, let's go Tommy, let's go Cody, let's go Tommy, let's go Cody. Or when we were in Australia, we did uh, the Young Bucks versus myself and Billy Gunn, which I dubbed it versus the Young Bucks versus the Old Bucks. And it was just a star <laughs> power match. But when Cody is truly Cody is when he turned heel on me. Or the Young Bucks, even though they were cheering them, they actually did moves because they liked being the bad guy or the pompous kids. Uh, They actually started getting a different type of reaction than they normally get. And and to me, that's how it always would be. It's 
uh, I, I watch a lot of movies. It's it's good versus bad. The the times changed with uh, the Tony Sopranos and a lot of let's say Sons of Anarchy, where you know Tony Soprano was. We all liked Tony Soprano, but basically he was a guy who killed people. And you know how do you start liking a person like that? Or yeah, you know, when it was like Sons I love Pablo Escobar on Narcos. Exactly. Uh, we actually start liking him. That's where I feel a lot of that has changed. But, I mean, if, hey, if you're making money, like, you know, John Cena, John Cena, the, the business is different. Social media has changed the face of television, not just in professional wrestling, but everyone has an opinion. And, you know, as soon as that opinion is voiced, you know, John Cena, when he was the champion, everyone's like, oh, they're pushing John Cena. We have to hate him. And then once he lost the belt, everyone's like, John Cena's the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's weird and it's, it's finicky, uh, but I just, I love it. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I did an analytical research, uh, for my own Twitter, as well as, uh, I had a company come in to try to help boost my, uh, business. And they said, do you know what the top three things that people talk about on social media? Number one is a terrorist attack. And number two is the NFL. And number three is professional wrestling. Wow. And terrorist attack, we don't know when they're going to happen. Uh, NFL is seasonal, and wrestling is on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, Sunday. <laughs> so what are people talking most about on social media? It's professional wrestling, which is absolutely insane, because I always say, if you knew the score of the Redskins versus the Giants, would you tune in and watch it? Wrestling, people seem to think they know everything about wrestling, but once they turn, you know, once they turn it or they do this or someone shows up, everyone's talking about it. So, you know, it's it's an amazing, an amazing thing to watch as well as the dichotomy of, you know, people were, how could you cheer for Roman Reigns when he drove Braun Strowman into, you know, he tried to kill him. And I want to say, guess what? Roman Reigns is playing a character that tried to kill Braun Strowman. And people seem to forget that. It's, it's insane how people forget that. Right. It really is mind-boggling to me. But I love it, and you know, I don't like that aspect of professional wrestling. Even though one time I got thrown in front of a bus for real during a match because <laughs> I just wanted to do it, and I got the <laughs> bus and nobody saw it. Jeez. The cameraman didn't follow me. I don't remember when was this. Oh, uh, that was Tommy Dreamer uh, and the Pitbulls versus the Bruise Brothers and Brian Lee, and we brawled outside. And then uh, I saw a double deck, not a double deck, or a double connected city bus coming down Queens Boulevard. Oh, my God. And we just fought off, and I said, throw me into it, and I hit that thing. Oh, my God. It was about 15 miles an hour. Uh, you never want to get hit by a car doing 15 miles an hour because you have no clue how fast that actually is. And I hit it, bumped off, and laid there. And I was like, where am I on my ECW chance? And Everyone stayed with the crowd on the fight and the cameraman. No one ever seen me get oh hit by a bus. Oh my god! When did you find yeah. out that the cameraman didn't get it? Totally worth it. <laughs> when, uh, oof, when we went back into the studio, I'm like, "What do you mean, Charlie didn't follow me?" It's like I got thrown in front of a bus. And another side note to that: it's Queens Boulevard in, in New York. My, they're they're all deceased now, but my grandmother's brother, my great uncle Frank. Him and his wife are driving down Queens Boulevard and see me get hit no! by this bus. Before cell phones, 
they call my grandmother and say, Tommy got hit by a bus. <laughs> my grandmother and grandfather call my parents. I still lived at home. And I got home about 3 o'clock in the morning. And my mother and father, my mom's in tears. My father, <laughs> what is this going on? And I was like, they told me you got hit by a bus. We were calling hospitals. I said, oh, yeah. I, no, that's fine. I was, you know, and they're like, I hate this ECW crap. <laughs> So, uh, I had to take a lot of slack for that one. Might be if you ever great. want to see the greatest uh, person get run over by a car, go on YouTube and look up uh, Eddie Gilbert runs over Jerry Lawler, and he ran him over for real. Whoa! Okay. Wait, wait. Right. How did the bus driver react to this? Oh, yeah, he, right? He, they weren't part of the act. Well, I hit it from the side and just kind of bounced off and rolled, but you seriously, you have no clue how... Oh, my. I was like, ah, it's going slow, and then I was like... Boom, Yep, never doing that again. But oh it was worth it because uh, I was hardcore, and uh, but not worth it because it wasn't on television. So what we've learned today is Tommy Dreamer's parents are wrestling purists, and they hate this <laughs> hardcore yeah. stuff. Well, that Why might be couldn't the... you be in that WWF? <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best story ever told on the show, by the way. That was so great. Uh, next time absolutely. I'm on, I'll tell you the angle that I wanted to do where I wanted to get shot by a sniper. <laughs> we'll save that for next time. That's you know what? Story. We will make the next time quickly. We need to get House of Hardcore back here immediately so we can do this again. All right, he's Tommy Dreamer. Go. Next Thursday night uh, with the Bowie Bay Sox, it's Legends of Wrestling Night. Get to BaySox.com or call 301-805-6000 for to get your tickets. It'll be an amazing event, pregame, in a nice suite. I know it's hot as hell in Baltimore in the D.C. area right now, but it won't be out in the heat. It'll be up in the nice suite, so it'll be a great time. Picture, autograph, Q&A, the whole deal. What a great time that'll be. Uh, Tommy, I know you're on Twitter as well. It's, is it at the Tommy Dreamer? Is that? I'm everything the Tommy Dreamer, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Awesome, man. Hey, Tommy, thank you as always for taking time for us, man. I always have a lot of fun chatting with you. We'd love to do it again real soon, all right? Likewise, guys. Thanks. Great stuff. Appreciate Tommy Dreamer joining us again here on uh, Jobbing Out. We'll have to have him on again so he can tell us that story. I, dude, I wish that we would have known that story before we started it, or that might have been all we talked about. <laughs> that might have been all we talked about. Can you imagine if you were on that bus and a guy just like slams into the side? I mean, in fairness, in New York. In New York. It probably happens. I am Queens Boulevard. Yeah. That, that's all I was thinking throughout. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. I definitely saw that happen one time in Ocean City on the drunk bus. Like well, you've the, seen everything out on the drunk bus, both in Ocean true. City and in College Park. Probably true. Uh, but I definitely, like, on the drunk bus saw that, not my bus, but, like, the bus going the other way on Coastal Highway, drunk dude just ran. I mean, it, I, he didn't really run into it. He more walked into it, but it was. We're like, what the F? That's crazy, man. All right, uh, let's get into SmackDown this week, and we will start uh, before SmackDown. Not on SmackDown. Yeah, right? As uh, they, you know, I, surprise of surprise, surprise, on Friday night in New York, there was a title change with uh, AJ Styles defeating Kevin Owens at Madison Square Garden at a house show to become Intercontinental, sorry, United States Champion. I apologize. I do that all the time. Um, first of all, I have no problem with it whatsoever. I get it. It's a little bit awkward because you just done this number one contenders match on Tuesday night, and then it's sort of like, well, really? Like, what? What? That's weird. But well, storyline's supposed to matter, Glenn. I agree. Well, no, I said wins and losses, not storyline. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, all that he, he won a match to get a title shot at Battleground, and then he got gifted a title shot that he didn't earn. <laughs> right, right. Clearly, mm-hmm. clearly, you couldn't move when you get that title shot on the no, show. No, because it was told that he was going to get it at Battleground. That's false advertisement. And he didn't earn a shot in Madison Square Garden, so right. he doesn't deserve the title. He should have to return it. Well, you know what? 
I, I think Kevin well, Owens has the case right let there. Him know. I think that's what he should have come out and said on uh, on Tuesday night. I would have started. Well, with well, that. now does AJ Styles have to face himself at Battleground because he still has that yeah, shot I mean, at Battleground? Still technically, the number one contender. Um, well, I'm assuming no, it's, it's yes. obviously the rematch. Yes. yes. Um, look, they clearly want to make house shows at MSG matter. I mean, that's something that they have made very clear in recent years. Is that when we go to MSG, recent some, years. <laughs> it's yeah, you're right. You're right. Literally, it's been, di- literally Diesel won the title yes, from yeah, Bob Backlund at a house show yeah. in Madison Square Garden. Yes, that is true. AJ was right on this one. I'm willing to say that when AJ's right, this time he's right. It hasn't been recent years. It's been forever. Um, so I, I'm not. I have no complaints. I have no complaints about doing that. I, I. That's the way that it works. I'm, if you don't have a Madison Square Garden, I'm sorry, you're not going to get that. Like. It, it sucks for everybody else that goes to house shows that wishes they could see something cool, but like it's Madison Square Garden, man. Like I, I you got to understand that. Like that's just the way that the world works. That it's Madison Square Garden, and great stuff happens at Madison Square Garden. That's not going to happen when you go to the house show at the Hidalgo Arena in Texas. And, and Even though fa- it does happen sometimes, do not forget when uh, uh, Primo and Epico won the tag team titles. No, that's from- true. Well, that's right. due, from- due to the drug violence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there the have suspension. been there have been suspension related things that have and happened. Injury, in the house yes, 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 that's true too. Um, but yeah, I'm good with it. Uh, I, I'm not good with Kevin Owens losing his title. I'm not good with that because he's the face of America, and so he should be the United States champion. Um, but I, I did, I did said. like him blacking out his Twitter because the nation was in mourning after. Oh, uh, I didn't even loss. see that. Oh, oh yes. Oh my god, that's amazing. It, it was he's a very a, good bit. He's amazing. God, he's, he's just the best. best. Oh, he's so the best. Oh. I, I see this. I see this turning into um, a triple threat at SummerSlam with Shinsuke. No. With Rusev, as the American boy defends it against the non-American. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah you kind of got the un-Americans going on. Yeah, yeah, um, basically. Well, it's logical. Well, you know? maybe except for the fact that uh, how is he going to do that when he also has to face John Cena? Like, I mean, for we have to talk about this. Is is this what we're doing now? Are we just going to insert John Cena into everything in hopes well, of pumping up we, the ratings? We we kind of said that this was going to be this the is case. just what we're going to do. Like the, we literally said they're going to. How's he going to be in both the U.S. title and the world title it's, match? We like, figured it out. It's very clear. His match against Rusev is going to suddenly make him the number one contender for the world title, and yet he still has the open challenge with AJ Styles that he's got to deal with. So he's going to be the number one contender for both. I mean, it's. It's um, I don't think I I don't think John Cena's going after the world title, man. I really don't. You think that so do you think it's gonna be Mahal Orton for a fourth time? No, I think it's gonna be Orton Corbin. You He's think cash in. We we've yeah, we oh, talked you about think the gonna win, in. right. Yes. So yeah. got you, got you. That's right, that's right. I remember that now. Um, um, I think Orton's gonna win the match right. and I think I think Corbin's going to cash in right after, and Orton's going to be a bloody mess. Right. Yeah. And right. and he's going to get cashed in on and lose, and you're going to get a t- uh, the rematch at SummerSlam, Baron Corbin versus yeah. uh, Randy Orton. I, like, I want to say there's no way they think that Baron Corbin Randy Orton is a SummerSlam title match. But, but it's not the title match. Not, right. They yeah. have another title. Although this is technically the championship. The, the one on SmackDown not, is technically not when, Bra- not when Brock Lesnar. Has I hear you. I was I'm going saying, to say I'm saying this is the linear championship. This is right. the this is the one. This is the all- one that Jinder Mahal already has, and Brock Lesnar has the other one. So you make your own assumption. Oh no, no, I yeah. get it. I'm not. I'm just. It's, this, this isn't the only time that the WWE title has been worth I'm the other. Very aware. Yeah, I'm just saying. Very aware. Um. So yeah, I mean, they could totally do that. I guess it's just it's a little bit much with John Cena. 
Like it's a little. It's John I know, Cena. It's always been a little bit much. I understand, but like, okay, really, do not pretend like you didn't mark a little bit when his music hit during the U.S. Open Challenge. I mean, I I didn't mark then. If I would have gotten a match out of it, I would have been excited for that match. I would have been. You're right. I would have enjoyed when there being John that Cena's match. music. When John Cena's music hit, I immediately said, "Oh my God, they're gonna do this match right now!" Right. And I was like. And then as soon as the segment went along, I was like, oh, they're not going to do it. Then right, the referee came out, and I was like, holy shit, they're going to do it. <laughs> then, like, everybody got in their corner. I was like, oh, my God, this match is going to happen. And then when Kevin Owens music hits, I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had heat for Kevin Owens in my heart when that happened. Like, that's a good heel. Yeah, never- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the idea, and that's why they did it again later. That's why they literally did the same thing <laughs> twice during the course of the show is because they're trying to have the heels, which is a this is the way I like things, when the heels do the bad guy things. Like, take away something that we want. An AJ Styles-John Cena match. Shinsuke Nakamura having a match on SmackDown. The heels are supposed to take those things away from us because they're the bad guys. Anyway, moving on. Um, So, yeah, there was that. There was John Cena. Um, As far as just what happened on SmackDown is concerned, the only other thing that matters that much to me is, oh, my God, I love the Fashion Files so much. I can't wait for the Fashion X Files. Yes. That's going to be the best segment. Oh, my God. They're, how, the, they're just amazing. How wonderful can I just of all the things that like they don't put enough effort into, right? I don't know why they've decided, and maybe it's just that they're not putting that much effort in it. But whoever's involved with it is so goddamn brilliant and so creative that like you can do it without putting all that much effort into it. But Jesus Christ! I truly believe. I truly believe this is this is just Dango and Tyler Breeze. Maybe but, it you know, is. You know, I, I think that uh, Southpaw I, might have something to do with it. Did, that's when they, like, we, pe- first people said, wait, and Dango has character? He can act yeah. like that? Was, was the Southpaw stuff? Maybe. So I wonder if this is their kind of thing, like, okay, we need to do more stuff like that. Oh Let's get these guys to do it. God, it's so wonderful. They're a horse! Oh, God! No, I really, I really, I really, I really truly think they just did it one time, and then they and just it was were such given, a mega hit that you're giving it. Oh yeah, right, cool. yeah, yeah. Maybe so. If, yeah. You might be right about that, it's dude. It's like New Day. Same exact thing happened with New Day. New Day had no direction for the longest right. time. Yep. New Day didn't have nothing that was going for them. They gave them one segment to like just be assholes and call out the the home crowd for their dumb sports teams or whatever they did, and it worked. So they did that again and again and again until their leash became. Long, so long, they can do whatever the hell they want now. They literally reference penises every chance they get. Um, <laughs> and, Fact. <laughs> and, and, and this is such a true statement. And now that's what's happened with uh, uh, Brizongo. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't think. Look, I always thought that I was more the type to uh, jack off to uh, matches, but I'm just, I, I can't, I can't help myself. I'm just. And how great. Everywhere. How great was Mojo in that segment? Mojo was too. amazing. How so it really is incredible that Mojo was supposed to be the voice of reason in that segment, which is just like that's such a marvelous thing for them to attempt to do. And yet, it's, 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 it's his character. Like, they completely have changed his character. His character has become who he is on Instagram. Yeah, he's a party animal, but he's a fucking workaholic, and he's telling like he literally was like, "Man, what are you wasting your time with them for? Let's get back in the game. Let's go back. Right, Let's go work right, out." Right, you know? right. Like I love it, and he looked. Huge! Oh yeah, that that was the thing that everyone came away with. People for the first time were realizing, oh man, that guy's a big guy. Really big. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, everything about it was simply wonderful. It was just wonderful, and I just who stole the damn horse? It's so okay. All right. I'm so. telling you, I remember this. People may have forgotten, but the silhouette after the first Fashion Files, or it might not have been the first one, it might have been the second one. 
uh, when they showed like who trashed the office, it was Summer Rae. It was Summer Rae in the silhouette. This could still end up being Summer Rae, and she becomes the third per- party of this crew. That's what I believe is going to end up. I happening. have no beef with but, that. Anything that gets Summer Rae back yep. on TV is a wonderful one. And like I said, I. I, I really think the fact that they're intentionally keeping American Alpha it, it as is far away. Well, I mean, they're they're keeping them far away from this. They've 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 involved every other tag team on the roster in this in at least a little bit. That's not very hard. There's not that many. I understand, teams. but the one that they haven't. Well, is fair, isn't Alpha. that part because Jason Jordan's not there? Where is? I mean, he was at. He was there. He was in one of the battle. He was in the battle royal. Was he? Yeah, he was in the SmackDown battle royal. Gable didn't make it because he lost the match, but Jordan was in it. Oh, I don't remember Jordan being. Yeah, in Yeah, Jordan right. was in it. I just feel like I've seen so little of Jason Jordan that I'm starting to wonder if he's a, a thing anymore. Yeah, if... no, it, he uh, he was definitely in that SmackDown Battle Royal. All right, all right. Um, look, it's incredible. There's nothing else to be said about it. It's just simply incredible. Next week, we will make our battleground picks. Uh, before we wrap up this segment, I just want to touch on something that's non-SmackDown related. Um, but we Tuesday night related. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got we to gotta talk about one more thing on SmackDown. What? Sammy Wow Wow? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, that <laughs> was, was amazing, that. too. Yeah. That was good. Which is so funny. But no, I was talking about the women's, the the women's number one contender match. I'm waiting for you to stand on a soapbox and be mad that Lana's in it. Well, I mean, I, I am. For what it's worth, I am mad that Lana's in it. It makes no sense that Lana should be in it. There's no reason. There's no in justification. In they're, they're bringing it up that she doesn't deserve yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm completely with you that wins and losses should matter. She kept losing. She shouldn't be thrown into a number one contenders match. But I'll use the same thing that I always say about. I don't like when they forget that they're supposed to have storylines on the women's side. Lana's got a storyline. It's weird, but she's with Nia, or with uh, Tamina now. Oh, boy, that was awkward. She's with Tamina now. And I, I don't really fully understand what you're doing with that, but like, do something with it. Stop just throwing everybody into one match because you forget how to do storylines on that side. That You don't need to constantly throw everyone into the same match all the time. It's okay for someone to just be the number one contender because they're the one that's performed well recently because they're the deserving person. They should become that. I, 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 it's, it's frustrating to no end because when they're doing things the right way with the women's division, I get very excited. When they just fall back on the same shit they've always fallen back on, it's the same reason why 205 Live is not working right now. Because they've got the title, and they don't really know what else to do in order to create storylines. No, they, they know what to do. Alicia Fox. Yeah, I mean, Alicia, that's the only <laughs> other storyline they come up with the entire no, time. No, no. Oh, you guys, are, I'm telling you, at SummerSlam, it's, it's, no, it's Enzo Amore versus... Okay, well, that'll be great. That'll be great. Versus Neville. Enzo Once Amore just got killed. Yeah, that's fine. They can bring him back. That's all but, right. But you can't, you can't have put him right into the title match because he just got well, it, killed. One, it's a different thing. It, uh, you're not facing Enzo again. That would be wrong, yes. But um, I'm with you. If they do it that way, that'll be a great way to go about doing it. But it'll still be in the title match, which is the one place they've been able to do things on, on 205 Live. They haven't been able to figure anything else out outside of the title picture on 205 Live, which brings us to Austin Aries. Austin Aries is gone. That's very sad because Austin Aries is great. And it sucks that he's gone. It also appears as though it was Austin Aries' choice. To well, leave. well, that's it, it. Seems to be some differing opinions. Okay. It seems the the most recent reports have been that this was indeed a firing, and this was indeed people, creative staff, people, the powers that be, did not like Austin Aries. Now it also is that Austin Aries didn't really fight it too much. Austin Aries is fine with leaving WWE, but this was not him going up and asking for his release. Okay, but what we don't know is if Austin Aries is pissed off that he was on 205 Live to begin with. We don't know if Austin Aries... Right. We don't know any of those details Well, right we, we do seem to, th- at least, again, these are based on the reports that have right. come out. 
uh, he wasn't happy. He right. wanted to be in a you know more high profile. He wanted to be on Raw. He wanted to be on SmackDown. He wanted to face the Sami Zayn's, the Seth Rollins, the you know everybody Under- else. Understandably so. I have two thoughts. Number one, the talent doesn't get to hold you hostage. And while I agree with him in his opinion, the WWE can't say, oh. Oh, you're going to threaten to quit if we don't do that? Well, you're right. Now we're going to do it. Like, no business can work that way. You just can't allow for the employees to simply hold the business hostage. Now, I think Austin Aries is valuable enough that you should consider that right in the process because I think he's a valuable employee in the same way that every business everywhere should consider a, there's, a, there's an employee that's unhappy with the, where they are right now. But it's particularly unique in WWE where, again, Austin, you're not – this isn't really Austin Aries. You're a character. You're you're a character on a TV show. You're not. This isn't actually the person that's being put into these situations. So it's it's unique. You can't allow that person to to hold your company hostage in the process. That all being said, I do think it's a bigger picture issue that WWE is going to have to look at as far as 205 Live is concerned. Have we made 205 Live valuable enough that people want to be on it instead of being on Ring of Honor, instead of being on Impact Wrestling? is 205 Live alone. And I get it. They do get matches and appearances on Raw, and they do get to be on pay-per-views. But if that's where you're at, if that's where your character appears to be sort of quarantined to, as I keep saying... But it's but the thing is, it's not quarantined to. They're just really, realistically, there hasn't been a single character that could make the jump out of that based on the reaction they've gotten from the crowds for extended periods of time. Like Jack Gallagher was the hottest thing in WWE for a month. Rich Swan was the hottest thing in I WWE mean, for is, a is month. Is that a chicken or an egg thing though? Is it that the characters can't get over or is that they haven't because they're on two oh five live and kind of quarantined a little bit that they haven't really been given an opportunity to show what they can really do. So Austin Aries was Austin Aries was super duper over. Well, yeah, people were in 205 Live right. and while in 205 Live. Yeah, but it died. Um, I mean, people stopped chanting Austin Aries all the time. You know what I mean? Like, wait, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was over when he got in. But is it because then, of like, him or is it because of 205 Live? He still had shows on Raw, matches on Raw. Every now like, and then. What did it's Ty, different. Ty, Dillinger didn't do, Ty Dillinger didn't do anything to stop 10 Chance because they were doing 10 Chance when he wasn't even on the show. Right, I hear you. So, I, like, I hear you. Fans get bored because fans are assholes. Well, there's that. I'm, look, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you, and I, I appreciate the fact that you managed to get it back to that, and I always uh, always appreciate that about you. Um, but all that being said, I do think the WWE – look, it, it's been a – I've said this a million times, and I'm going to say it though I'm blue in the face. This notion that you have to keep everybody on 205 Live on 205 Live, and they can't compete for other things, and they can't do anything else is always been insane. It's insane. It's a terrible way to go about doing this. There's no reason why Austin Aries shouldn't be allowed to wrestle someone else if he loses a cruiserweight title match. There's no reason why he shouldn't be able to go challenge insert name here on Raw that has nothing to do with 205 Live. That it doesn't make yeah. any sense that they do it this way. You, you don't... The problem is this. Your you, you problem is this. Austin Aries, when he came into 205 Live, he was the hottest name in, on 205 Live, not named Neville, Correct. Correct. So he was he was supposed to draw people to two hundred five live. Understandably that was, so. That was his, that was his role. Understand. So it's not so like having him feud with somebody that he would never be seen on two hundred five live with. Like no, I think that gives you a rub for. Two, I think it gives you a rub for two hundred five live. My point being, if I see this person work with somebody that I like, 
And I get that Austin Aries is unique, that a lot of people knew who he was. Isn't that not, what Tozawa's doing? Uh, to some extent, except he's still only performing. The only, the only outside influence is his manager. Tozawa's not wrestling other guys. He just happens to be managed by someone we know. You should be able to perform against guys that are outside the weight class so that somebody sees you and says, holy shit, that's a great performer. I'm more inclined to watch 205 Live. This show was started. It was nothing but people outside of, if you were watching wrestling long enough to have watched Brian Kendrick, it was nothing but people that you would only know from having watched the Cruiserweight Classic. There was no draw of the average wrestling fan that doesn't watch the network tuning in for Tuesday nights to watch 205 Live. Now, they brought in Neville. You know, they brought in Austin Aries. They've done a couple of things in order to change that. But you're still not selling other than watching them compete against themselves. You're giving me no... Dude, shit. I saw Akira Tozawa take on, you know, insert whoever's name you want to insert here, Dean Ambrose. And holy shit, that was incredible. I want to see more of this Akira Tozawa guy. Here's here's the problem with booking it, though, and it's what I've always said, is is what you were saying before about Enzo. Oh, it's okay. Enzo is losing to all these people. He can just compete with the cruiserweights. Is That's what the booking would be if you started to have that, because we know how Vince McMahon views it, as that they can't compete with Just like Enzo. Oh, he can't compete with the heavyweights. We'll just slip him into the cruiserweights, and it'll be okay because he can be competitive there. That was the, Well, you're it, essentially saying that the cruiserweights are lesser by doing that. Yes. yes. Is, that's your complaint. But I understand that. But, but the problem is that's exactly what they did with Neville and it resurged his career but it didn't do anything for 205 live but it did a lot for Neville and yeah. it, and and you say it's not doing anything for 205 live but as soon as there becomes a credible face after like the we had we all thought Austin Aries was that credible face but clearly there was backstage problems that we weren't privy to right as soon as there becomes that credible face that people want to see take the belt off of Neville that will elevate the entire the entire show. Yeah, I mean, it would help. It would certainly help. That's why I. That's why I said Enzo Amore. Right. Look, I'm all for Enzo, dude. I'm not. Right. But I'm again, not arguing but, but you know, again, to go the the whole back and forth thing, right. like Enzo would lose it. Neville would probably be booked to lose if he ever fought a heavyweight. Like that's the whole issue with it is that you can't trust the booking. And if you have the cruiserweight champion constantly losing, it's not good for the cruiserweights. No, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree so with then that. How did, how did you want them to do a cruiserweight show then? I, I said the only way it would work is to keep them in a bubble, but make it so the storylines are good enough that it keeps everything credible. I, and I'm gonna, I'll say this one more. If you want to keep it this way, then I would say that the best way to make it happen is just to do it in Orlando. Do it somewhere where the crowd's more likely to be hot. Do it somewhere where... Part of the issue is that when you watch the show and you're, the crowd is largely dead, it does nothing to convince someone who's watching it that like I should be more into it if the crowd just isn't. Um, I think if you did it in Orlando, well, once again, once again, once again, yes, that is not that is because the fans are. I, I, as I hear you. I hear you. Reality. Yes, I hear you. I'm but not disagreeing with that. Thing, but my thing is this: when they like, I've personally been at a SmackDown where 205 Live was on, and I saw the best match of the night that I saw the entire night, including the fact that that night I saw Shinsuke Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler, and that's still the best match of that night, was when I saw Neville versus Jack Gallagher, and no one gave a damn. Right, because no one gives a damn about the... They've, because, and in partially, there, there's two. A, you're right, fans are assholes. B, WWE hasn't given us any reason to care about 205 Live. There's a Live. little bit, there's a, there's a, it's a chicken and the egg thing. Literally, I, I literally, people were 
booing while this incredible match was on, saying that it was boring. Right. And because, it was an incredible match. Because people suck. But I think you would get less of that if you did 205 Live in the at, at Full Sail. If you did it in Orlando and you did it in front of a smaller crowd or you know whatever you want to do in order to do it, I think it would go a, a much further way to to getting people to be into it and treating it as its own individual thing. I, if you're going to do it this way, if you want it to happen in front of arenas, you need more of your other stars to show up on 205 Live to be involved every now and then. How about I'm going to challenge someone who isn't a cruiserweight this week on 205 Live? Well, now I might be compelled. If you told me that this person is going to challenge Dolph Ziggler, I might be a little bit more interested in watching that. There's things that you can do within yourself. The bigger question is, when it comes to Austin Aries, is this a sign that other stars are going to say, dude, if what you have in mind for me is 205 Live, I'm all right. I'm all right doing what I'm doing. I'm all right li- hanging out with uh, uh, Impact. I'm all right, or Global Force, whatever we're calling yeah, it now. It's, it's what I said with By the way, co- speaking of which, uh, James Storm is going to join us next week. Oh, yeah, I do like cool. James Storm. Yeah, it's cool. But that's all I'm thinking. That's all I'm, that's all I'm just spitballing right about right now. We, don't, we can't get a, a definitive answer. Um, we know a guy that uh, we just love. This guy's awesome, and he's on Glow, and Glow is awesome, and he's a friend of ours, so we're going to talk to him next. He's Kevin Kiley Jr., the former Alex Riley, but who cares now? He's the steel horse, and he's amazing. So we'll talk to him next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. It's summer, which means you're driving somewhere. It might be Ocean City, maybe Wildwood or the Outer Banks, wherever it is. You're driving there, and you haven't driven that far in a while. So you need to go to Full Circle Tire and Auto first, 1304 Governor's Court, Unit 110 in Abingdon, because they're going to give you a free road trip check and a free battery check, plus the best prices on tires in town and $79.95 AC services all summer long. Don't wait until you're on the road to find out there was something wrong with your vehicle. Go to Full Circle Tyron Auto first. You can call 410-676-2277. That's 410-676-CARS or visit FullCircleTyronAuto.com to find out more. And back in here for segment number three, it is Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and of course, the main event. A.J. Francis of the Washington Redskins. It is Old Friends Week, and it's a pleasure to welcome in someone that we like not only because he killed it the last time he was on the show, but also because, well, one, we're big just fans. I mean, we just enjoy his work, including I'm so excited that he's involved with Glow and that it kicks so much ass and that his character is awesome. But more than that, he's also a D.C. guy. He's one of us. Like, you know, this is this is what we're bringing in one right now. One, one of us. One of us. He is. Uh, you, you remember him uh, from his days in WWE and NXT as Alex Riley, but we know him as Kevin Kiley Jr., and he joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Kevin, it's good to have you back, man. Thank you for taking some time for us once again. And thank you very much. I don't know if you did this to me last time, but I, I just can't top that. Like, the introduction oh, that you stop. give me is, is so far and above better than I've, I've ever been. I just feel treated like a king here. Okay, but, guys. But, I, uh, but seriously, I though. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, love, I love coming on. I am a DC guy. Uh, AJ's going to battle with the Redskins here. Uh, yeah. Up in a couple months. Yeah, I mean, we got, we, we got history, guys. We got years, <laughs> years history. We've only known each other for, what, eight months? It's just perfect. But seriously, and, this isn't... And, yeah, go ahead, AJ. That's fine. No, I was going to say, I mean, and the best part about it all, I talk... I was tech, we were texting uh, last weekend when I was in Miami, and the best thing that's come out of 
you getting on Glow is that now everyone who has Netflix knows you have a huge dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, and I don't. Have you guys all seen it? Yes. Yes. The, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, I know there's one. I don't want to. Again, I'm, uh, hopefully everybody has seen it, but I'm sure there's people out there that haven't. So I don't want to give away too much. But it was. Uh, uh, the one, the one character, I guess, uh, Cherry Bang is asking uh, Betty's character um, was the horse Steely, and uh, <laughs> or something like that. I was getting, and she goes, she immediately goes into this. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm so used to my husband, and I'm like, when I first, because I hadn't seen it until everybody got to see it <laughs> when it was released, and I'm like, no, no, that's what I was thinking. Of. I was like, they're not going to put him over. <laughs> oh man! I had a like, sheer moment of panic. Like, uh, and everybody had told me, "No, it's great. It's gonna be great for you." And I, and I was just around at one eighty at the end. Okay, so, now, uh, but wait a second. Wait a second, though. Hang on. Yeah. You you got to play a character that all your job was to be good looking and and hook up with uh, the ri- ridiculously <laughs> hottest <laughs> chick on the show. Yeah. Like, I mean, when you, when you saw the script, yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, what was your thought process there? When I, when I, honestly, when I first saw the script, I was merely trying to remember it in 24 hours so I could get it on the tape. <laughs> it was a lot of uh, dialogue. Um, they, they obviously they kind of cut everything down, but the original side uh, that they or the piece of script that they gave me to do the audition was at least five times longer than any normal audition that I had. I think I had two before that I that I got to look at, but it was extremely long. Um, so that was first. I was trying to remember it and get it down on. On tape, it didn't even cross my mind that uh, what was it? Maybe two weeks later, I would be doing what I was doing with a you know with a beautiful woman in a Hollywood. I, it didn't even cross my mind. You know, I was I was trying to get the tape in, and and then uh, you know, uh, who knew after that? I, I didn't. Not that I didn't expect it, but I you know, was, they were um, they were, had everybody in for that. Actors that had been out here with a ton of experience, wrestlers. So so they really opened up uh, opened up the ability for anybody to get that role and and when i got it i uh that's when the sheer panic set in like okay hold on now i have to now i have to go through all this on camera and uh and be natural and charismatic you know so that was uh that that was after i got it was when was when the real the real terror hit me and it's like it's crazy to me because like realistically speaking like there's a lot of you know wrestlers that become actors and, you know, some of them, when they first start, they're okay. You know, like The Rock was okay. He wasn't, he wasn't great. He what, wasn't horrible. You don't horrible, think The Scorpion okay King was an Oscar-worthy uh, appearance? Right. You know, like, like he was, like, Batista was okay when he first started. Wade Barrett in that movie with uh, Colin Farrell, he, you know, he was good. But, like, you came off as, like, an actual actor, like, not, like, like someone who didn't know you wrestled. In like in like at, yeah. in WWE, anyone who just watched it on Netflix wouldn't know that like you weren't just like a regular Hollywood actor, and that was the thing and that impressed me most. Yeah, just to hear that. I mean, what? Thank you very much for saying that. Um, and that's, I mean, I guess really the the biggest compliment I could I could get um, off of off of that work. And I have. It's hard for me to. Um, see that because it's there's something funny about when. Like when I see something that I've done on TV, whether it be wrestling or or when I was doing some some sideline, even high school sideline reporting when I was in my early twenties, I 
you, you just get like this terrible, like, uh, like you, you got terrible. You see yourself, at least I do, in a, in you just start picking it apart. Uh, you see, only see the negative, really. Um, and when I first yeah. saw the the glow piece come out, I remember thinking, okay, that's not bad. And so I was thinking, if I'm if I'm <laughs> thinking it's not bad and I don't hate it then I think it had a good shot of being okay or pretty good, or at least accepted um, by, by the people in Hollywood. And, and, and you know, you never know. Um, it took me a while to get adjusted to the WWE fan base and what they expected and, and the bar that they set, and, and I didn't know what to expect out of, out of Hollywood uh, people uh, the way they saw it, and, uh, and certainly the general public the, the way they were going to take it with my background. But I have, I have gotten... Um, you know some some good reviews and um, yeah I, I was I was very fortunate I think the writing was was fantastic. Uh, there's a woman yes. by the name of Rachel Schuchert who wrote the 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 dialogue and I think she did a I asked her the minute I got there I said do you have any do you have a wrestling background or do you have a brother that was a wrestler are you fans of the independent scene or so what's going on because she did a great job of really marrying real life and wrestling and it was something that I could that I could really relate to. And uh, and then I and then for two weeks I didn't sleep and just made sure I, I knew it frontwards and backwards <laughs> and all that and uh, and Betty was great you know she was she was very uh, very welcoming very very kind um, you know uh, very reassuring and uh, it was it was honestly it was a it was a fun day uh, on the set doing it there was very little um, you know adjustments that really needed to be made and I and I think everybody was very happy with it so so I'm pleased. Now, obviously, the post-match scene was the big one, but the, the interesting thing to me was was your match and the reaction that that Betty, that Debbie, the character had. I've talked to res- to non-wrestling fans who I'm friends with, who had a similar reaction that the character had. Like, what does that feel like to say that they're watching your match and going like, "Oh, I kind of get wrestling now." Yeah, no, that um, I I think that the brilliance of that show is. If you're if you've never watched a wrestling match before, and you don't you know you you don't follow it, you have no idea what wrestling or independence or WWE is. By the end of that show, you you get it. You know you you get how you you kind of get a uh, a look at the backstage of how things really come about in the WWE and the psychology of wrestling. There's a line that he uses at the end, uh, Mark Marin, who, uh, by the way, just crushed Oh, no doubt. oh he's awesome. No doubt. Um, uh, and, that, I, and I don't think I've, because I, I did never worked with him directly on the show, I just, I, I don't even think I've brought it up enough. Like, he was so good um, from start to finish on, on the show, and I, uh, I, I think he, he put a lot of, you know, he carried, he carried a lot of it, and he, he just, he knocked it out of the park, so so congratulations to him, and, and, and that, it was fantastic. But it, it really it gives you a look at uh, the psychology of wrestling, and th- there's a line that he says where the money's in the chase, and it was it kind of ties the whole thing together. And uh, and, and that's that's the brilliance of the show is is making it uh, digestible and, and and fantastically entertaining to people that have never seen wrestling and don't know what it is and then they have gotten now by the end of uh, i guess it was uh, episode eight or ten they have an understanding of the business and and they're they're ready to move forward with uh with you know with taking it on and 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 uh, if there's a season two or, or whatever it is i mean i think uh, i think it's set up real nice 
It's, it's, it's incredible. He is, of course, Kevin Kylie Jr., DC's own, and the Steel Horse from uh, uh, Glow, which if for some reason you haven't watched yet, I cannot fathom what you're doing. Even if you weren't a wrestling fan, I would think you would have watched the show by now because it's just that good. Speaking of which, because obviously we'll talk about what might be coming in the future of Season 2, but this is your like first big opportunity now as an actor being involved with this. And while I know it wasn't every episode or anything like that, but how how nervous were you about how well the show would be received and if people were into it and how like much of a relief is it of someone who's you know trying to get more work that people are so into the show and we're watching yeah. and seeing you that can only lead to good things for you in the future yeah um it was funny when when i got i guess 8 9 months ago now when i when my manager called me and he said you and he, he, was, he was like, you, you booked this, you got this role. And I, I kind of, you know, it's, it's funny it, when, when certain things like this happen, and this has been a very select few times that these things have happened to me in my life, but they have happened, and they're almost like, they're surreal. You can't really, you don't really know what's going on for a while. You know, you're like, okay, well, yeah, I, okay, that's great, and, and cool. And I remember him saying, well, you're not more excited about this? And I was like, I can't, I can't comprehend it yet. I, I, don't, I don't really quite know what it is. Um, and then I kind of got further into the process and I got, I got through shooting it and I remember, I remember I, w- I was not nervous about it. And I think that's, and I, and I spoke about this before with WWE, I think that was really one of the biggest gifts that the WWE will ever have given me is they put, they will put you and anybody, you know, anybody that, that goes, uh, to be a wrestler, to start to be a wrestler on the independent scene or, or even gets to the WWE and no matter who you are, the champion or not, you are put in so many awkward situations uh, on your road uh, as a professional wrestler in front of a live audience, sometimes of 20,000, 80,000 people, that it really burns the nerves off you very quickly um, because you're like, well, it couldn't have gone any worse than that, and, you know, nothing happened or uh, nobody noticed. Um, so, so walking onto a onto a Hollywood set where everything is very controlled, uh, there, there's really only the people that are that are in the scene, and then the camera people, director, producers are there. And you know, it was um, I don't I, I don't quite I thought I would have been more nervous, but but I think uh, I think the the girls that were in the scene um, were great, uh, Jackie Tone and Britt Young, and and obviously Betty Gilpin. They were just. Uh, you know, they they just they were really enjoying it from the start. We had shot the wrestling stuff before that, uh, so they were they had gotten a kick out of all that stuff. So the the day was uh, the, the day was going real good, and then and then as it, you know, and that, that that was shot about six months ago, and then you kind of forget about it for a while as it's being uh, packaged and, and produced and, and ready to get released. And then I remember seeing a billboard uh, for the first time just when I was walking around Hollywood. Uh, by a bus station, then yeah, then I saw more and more, and then people would start talking, and then I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> uh, this could be big," you know. But it wasn't. It wasn't until I think I saw that billboard because there's a lot of, you know, there, there's certainly a lot of movies out and TV out, and you very see even around here, you see a very select few um, of those products being advertised uh on on bus stop billboards or on the uh on the side of a building or something and when i saw that i was like wow this uh this this could be a a big big deal and then i was 
paying attention to uh, some of the write-ups, and I think uh, the Hollywood Reporter did one that just gave it a out of the park home run, and I and then I you know I was just like oh I this this who, who knows what could happen. So yeah, it was kind of a process, I guess, of, of just kind of taking it all in. Oh, I think we lost AJ there for a second. Right, so we'll I'll do a, you there, man? Oh, I think we, we'll try to reconnect. No, okay. AJ, AJ dreaming about 11, huh? <laughs> All right. We need to know about that because you guys – yeah, we can hear you, AJ. You're back. You're good. Are you, can you hear me? Yes. yes. yes can yes, you hear can. us? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, okay, good. Good to have you back. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say it was crazy because you mentioned the billboard, right? And um, yeah. so I distinctly remember so – so the other guys, they watched – uh, glow the weekend it came out and i had to finish orange is the new black because i'm just a tv nerd and uh it's so good though when it's i finished so orange, yeah you know so good so when i finished orange is the new black um i was like i knew i had to start glow but i hadn't started it yet you know and i hadn't done anything with it yet and i remember i was in dc and i was about to leave to come back to orlando and i was in dc and in dc there was a house of cards billboard um, that said Frank Underwood uh, for president. Like, you know, it was, it was like a political ad, but it was for Netflix. And I was like, damn, they're really pushing the hell out of that show. I was like, man, I can't wait to see that season. And then I land right. in Orlando the next day, and I'm driving home, and along uh, the Florida Turnpike, there's a massive glow billboard. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to watch that show immediately. Because if they, if, if they put that that billboard in the middle of Orlando, which isn't even a big market, realistically speaking, I was like, that show must be incredible. And then I started it that night and I finished it the next day. It was just, it, yeah. it, the show was, but my, the, I say all that to ask you this question. What, like, do any of the girls that you acted within the show, I'm obviously Karma watches and is a wrestler, but right. the girls that you were, that were just actresses in the show, did any of them leave the show, like, becoming wrestling fans and not just the girls but like anybody that worked on the show that didn't watch wrestling did they leave the show with more of an appreciation for the business and maybe start i i think and that's a great question before i even got there uh they they had a unbelievable appreciation for not only the women of the original glow in uh you know in, in the 1980s but just wrestlers as a whole and 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 the uh the, the art of wrestling, the craft of wrestling, what goes into it, the psychology. And it, I will, I'll say this about the, those women, um, the, the actresses on GLOW. That, those are long days. I mean, the, the WWE was long days. You know, AJ, college, college pro football, those are long days. But these women, they yeah. were doing as much work or more than, than a lot of those situations. They're 12 hours on set. Um, remembering lines, shooting television, and it and it is it is it, it can be tedious. I mean, it's shot from every single different angle. Uh, you have to be the same every single time. It has to be in your. You have to believe it. It's it's the focus that it takes is is exhausting. And then right from there, they'd go to the ring with uh, with Chavo Guerrero and and continue to learn to bump, continue to learn uh, different moves that would help their help their character. I mean, they all kind of had their own, they really did. They developed their, their own uh, gimmicks from the way they moved, from the moves they did. And when I, when I showed up there, uh, and I believe I showed up when, when I was needed was about 
three months into them shooting and training, and they, as soon as I, I walked in and, and Chavo was there in the ring with him, and Chavo said, hey, this is, uh, you know, this is, he was a WWE superstar, as I was right, and they came running up to me and were, they had, they were full of questions cool. uh, about how they could make the show better, uh, how they could make a move look better. It was, it really, it was, it's such a great way for me to break into Hollywood because it was, I, w- I was the new guy on the block for sure, but in some aspects of that show, I, I could give it, you know, they, they could ask me for a little bit of advice and, and, and I could give it. And that was, that was a cool feeling. And it was a, uh, it was really a great partnership and only because those women opened themselves up to that type of help. So they, they should be commended for that. You got to think that with the, the positivity around the season, there's going to be a season two. Do you see this becoming like a, a ballers or an entourage while wrestlers are just lining up to try to get cameos on this show? Uh, that would be great. I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, I, the longer it goes. I mean, here's the thing, too. The, the executive producer. I better get a goddamn uh, cameo on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a scene already worked out for me and you, buddy. I got mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> a hat. I got an extra hat for you. Okay. All right. You know, we can't move on. Stop. We have yeah. to know because you guys referenced this before we came on the air. What the <laughs> F is Club 11? I need to know before we can do anything more here. It's a 24-hour club in uh, Miami. <laughs> is that all yeah, you're going to tell me? There's something more to this story. No, it's just a place that everybody goes to when they go to Miami. It's a fantastic time. Um, it is like the, the door, people go the, there. The, at door s- charge, the door charge is $150. <laughs> just to get in. <laughs> To just get in. I don't know what they asked AJ for. Probably nothing because he was he was new superstar down there. But I had like I, I took my girl down there and I went like I had just heard so many great things about this place. And I got to the front door and between the two of us it was three hundred dollars. And she was like, "No, no, you got to be kidding me!" I was like, "We came this entire way. We have to see it." So I hand this guy three hundred dollars and just it makes me sick to my stomach. In two in two hours, I'm like. Give them six hundred. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's also uh, it's also happens to be a gentleman's club for sure. Oh, mm. oh, all right. But, but it's though. twenty. It's, it's small portion. So it's twenty four hours. Though. It's that's yeah. pretty amazing. Okay, then uh, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I thought there was going to be something else. I don't know what I thought so it was like, going to be. So like it would be end up being like, uh, like it's four a.m. You just left the club. Because, uh, you know, Miami, clubs don't close till like, 6. So let's just say you left the club at 4 because it was a slow night, right? And uh, you get out of there, and you're like, hey, you know what I don't want to do? Sleep. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm going to go over here to Club 11, which never closes. And if I want to leave there at 11 a.m., go I, I know for a fact that a, uh, a, a certain professional wrestler friend that we all have – um, that, mm-hmm. that we all know very mm-hmm. well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> has has went has has went from the club to Club Eleven until ten a.m. Went and got breakfast at ten a.m. and then went directly to Nikki Beach, which is like a Sunday afternoon like brunch party yeah. on South. <laughs> yeah. They're living a different... I was going to say, it's a, it's a nice place to relax <laughs> with, uh, in the time between the club and the pool party. It's, it's, <sighs> a, it's, a, it's a very positive thing. And, My... and, uh, you know, so, very nice soothing. That Miami, has, yeah, Miami has places like that. You know, I'm just that realizing how of... similar all of our lives are. You know, you guys, Aaron and I, we're, yeah. we're all doing the exact same, same thing. Is that a typical Saturday? You know, 
Yeah, you guys. I'm sure the farm in, uh, in <laughs> northern Baltimore, Baltimore is just yeah, right. As good as Ma- maybe you need to start uh, charging. $150. I might need to start. Yeah, that's a good point. I might need to do that. Um, well, here, here's here's the big surprise, guys. We're, uh, in six months from now, we're broadcasting live from there. Oh, after, uh, well, then. Yeah, after after AJ gets done with the season, <laughs> that's what I'm talking <laughs> I'm about, in. boys. I'm in. That's, that's what less. I'm, I'm talking in. about. <laughs> Hey Kevin, what's the what's the, the the feedback like when you do this? Because you're unlike some guys that got cameos on this show, you got a character, um, right. and a character that would be very logical to have some sort of whatever it would be, some sort of future interaction with uh, sure. the main character on the show, or one of the main characters on the show. Um, did, you knocked her up. <laughs> did you get like like what was the response that you got from the folks involved with the show did you get a sense of like hey there might be something more here or are you sort of like the rest of us just kind of waiting like dude i i know nothing at this point i'm in the dark yeah I, well i'll say this that i was a part of season one and uh certainly a, i thought of a, a decent part of one of the episodes um and i heard nothing and saw nothing up until you guys saw season one. Uh, so they, because of social media, they keep everything very, very close and very tight. Yeah. And they don't, and I had to sign a bunch of papers even um, when I left, saying that even if I happened to come across some knowledge, I would have to, that being said, I don't have any knowledge. Uh, what, what I do have is they were extremely happy with what I did. Uh, they were very happy with the wrestling part, um, and they were, they were really happy with uh with the, the scene that was backstairs, back in the locker room. Um, the way the show ended, I, you know, you, it's, it would be very easy to think that there would be a season two. Uh, it certainly had, had some success, a, a lot of success. And Genji Cohen, the executive producer, it's not like she really does one of these and then it just doesn't make it. I mean, she's the weeds and Orange is the New Black, and, you know, they all seem to get up to, yeah. you know, season five, season six. Um, after that, I have no idea. Uh, and, and I've, I think a couple of years ago, it would, it would just drive me insane, uh, because, you know, you want to, you want to know it's your work, it's your job. And, you know, certainly if you felt like you did a good job and people, people agreed, then, uh, you want to, you want to be back, you want to do more work. Um, but I think that goes along with, you know, another lesson you learn in WWE, you do the best you can. And then you leave and you forget about it because it's going to happen in a room that you'll never get into. Uh, you'll never know why you're either on the show in season two, three, four, five, and you'll never know why you didn't make it or, you know, they decided to go a different direction. And a lot of times the reasons aren't even because you are good or bad. They're just yeah. these, these uh, random reasons that, uh, that only the Hollywood gods can take care of. So, so, I, you know, I, I'm happy with the work that I did. It was certainly a great start to what I'm trying to do out here. And my job every day is to just kind of capitalize that in, in as many different directions as I can. And But, yes, uh, if anybody's listening, I would love to be back. <laughs> it's, uh, it was a great thing to be a part of. That's awesome, man. That is so cool. Um, well, what now? Hey, uh, yeah. uh, I, I only got one more question. This is the only question. Yeah. I need to know this answer to yeah. this question. What I need to know is... You watch the show. I watch the show. Obviously, you're my buddy, so I obviously yep. loved what you did, you know. But when I watched the show, my absolute favorite character in the show was the welfare queen, without a doubt. I mean, she's she, the best. She, I was just going to say that. She's the best. Karma knocked it out. She knocked it out. And I was going to ask you, 
what who was your favorite character of the show so uh, i have to i have to agree i'll give you another one but i have to agree she was amazing and the greatest part first of all she's she's an awesome woman she's so nice and she's she's just such a such a doll to be around so the fact that she has had this this success is just it's it's just a great thing in my opinion but she showed up in a spot like i did um, as a guest star, and they loved her so much um, on camera, off camera, being the person that she is, that they made her a series regular. They wrote more for her, and I just think that's a great wow. story. Uh, yeah, that, that she, would, she would show up there, and, and she would turn head, head so much and be so comfortable on camera uh, and so entertaining that they, would, that they would actually, from that moment on, write more and produce more for her. So, so congratulations to her, and, uh, and, and she did a great job, and it was a great character. Second, um, do you remember, I, I believe it's, it's episode three, where they're running the tape, and they're all standing up there, and they're doing the, they're doing the stereotypes. Yes. And they, yeah, they ask, they ask one of them to hold the machine gun and take the machine gun back. To me, that, that whole rendition... Is, it was the best, the, the best part of the show, the most entertaining part. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I guess the uh, uh, Britannica, what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was yeah. Kate Walsh, she was really yeah, good. Kate Walsh, because I think Kate, I think Kate Walsh is absolutely gorgeous to start with. Correct. Was, well, uh, yes, you're not beautiful. wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I was behind. She was. I was behind her walking on the red carpet, and I was thinking, oh my god. Just don't and it's bright as hell out there and i'm trying to, and i can barely see and i'm like i hope to god i just do not step on this woman's dress or anywhere <laughs> near her uh because i just i don't know i was kind of starstruck when i when i saw her she's she's gorgeous and i thought she did a great job with uh with the character so i'll have to go for 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 man reasons I, i'll go with <laughs> All right. Bad reasons is the best reason. Yeah, it's the only reason, really. Yeah. That's the only. So what you're reason saying is that's who Steel Horse is going after. Yeah, right. two. <laughs> 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 moving from one to the other, one just moving right along. All right, so what's next for you? Like, tell me what what you're up to because this was we were so excited about this the first time we talked that it was coming. Um, yeah. What What are you up to now? What are you What are you headed to do? What's next on the list? Yeah, I got a. Um, I actually, in the time uh, between we had spoke, I, I booked a role on this uh, film called Glass Jaw. That's coming out in uh, early 2018. It's a it's a fe- feature length film. Um, there's a lot of great. Uh, Lee Qualify is is the star. It's, it's basically kind of a a redemption boxing movie. Um, it's kind of a Rocky Balboa type of thing, but but a new age Rocky Balboa. There's uh, there's some prison time in there. Uh, you know, but but really. More for me, it was it was another chance to get on a set, another chance to, to really kind of hone the craft. And I, and I, I think they were also very happy with the work. So I'm very excited uh, for everybody that was a part of the project um, that the movie's coming out. And, I, and I'm also very excited to kind of to see my role in that. Um, moving forward from that, I'm, I'm really just it, out here is a little bit of a uh, there's a pause in kind of the audition process out here. And there's not a lot of. Of, of new shows and, and new stuff coming out, but pilot season is right around the corner, so I'll certainly be uh, be heavily involved in that. And I and I really think that this is. I'm hoping that that the glow thing will really help. You know, I, I think that's kind of the thing that it I damn sure can yeah, hurt. There's no way it can hurt. I mean, there's yeah, no yeah, way. Yeah. So I think I, I think you know I'll, I'll get some attention off that, get a jump off that, and then uh, we're we're I guess 
we're expecting big things out of the uh, 2000, late 2017 pilot season. So, That's awesome. So I'll have to keep you guys very, please, very close please and very do. informed. And maybe a season two of Glow. Who knows? I love everything about it. Uh, it's at Kylie Jr. WWE on Twitter is how you give him a follow. And it's the same thing, correct, on Instagram, right? It's... Yes, sir. Um, dude, seriously, and, and we told you this the last time, we, we kiss your ass because you're a local guy, but it's also because we're, <laughs> we've been nerdy fans. Like, I know, like, Aaron and I, and I know AJ, too, we've all been nerdy fans for a while. Um, we're so thrilled for everything that you're doing, man. It, it's just awesome to watch, and it, and it helps that you're from here and that, like, we got the local rooting interest for you as well. But, like, bro, seriously, this is so cool. Um, we you this couldn't have turned out better for you, man. This yeah. is so awesome the way this has worked. And th- and and I thank you so much. It was uh, you know, it was, it was really important to me that I got on with you guys right in the beginning, really before any. I mean, who who knows? Like this is so. I think when when it happens the way it does, I think people have the the great ability to go. And and you guys were there from the start, so you don't. But most go. Oh yeah, well you know. Uh, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, right. so, <laughs> so untrue. Right? Like, it's, no, it's, you all none of it was going to happen. Like the chances <laughs> of it happening are so uh, astronomical. Um, so for you guys to take interest, uh, you know, in what I was doing from the start, really before anybody knew what this was going to be, is uh, will always be very special to me, and I and I really do appreciate that. And uh, you know, I, I, I hope to I hope to keep giving myself more opportunities to to get back on your show and uh and make fun of AJ or yeah. AJ make fun of me or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I don't know I don't know if there's any kissing my ass on the show I I I remember taking a little bit of heat on well, the show I mean, which I, I much prefer actually. right correct <laughs> but but we like we we genuinely like you and we can't wait till yeah. you take us all out to a club eleven like that's just that's what yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's the next yeah. Guys were set, and you don't know this yet. See, you didn't know because the rule was when you played pe- played in the NFL, uh, you paid at eleven. But actually, the rule now is when you have a SAG card, you. That's pay. right. That's the way that it works. Always, always yeah. that's the rule. You know, the that's SAG the card rule. cost me three thousand dollars. <laughs> Well, it actually, cost you three thousand six hundred dollars because you're taking us to Club Eleven. <laughs> well, next year when you get the Emmy around this time, start getting the Emmy nominations. You're, that's where we're going good, to celebrate. Man. I get an Emmy nomination. We're doing Eleven, and then we're doing what is it? The, the Brady and uh, where they took the they took the flight from Vegas, the private flight. Oh right, from Vegas yeah, to yeah, the yeah, Derby. Yeah, right, yep, we're going to do that backwards. We're going to go Eleven to Vegas on the private if I get an Emmy. Well, okay. Who do we have to pay off? Yeah, no, we'll be celebrating Miami, but AJ will be paying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> hey, man, seriously, uh, you are—you you, know—you don't need a reason. Just whenever you want to hop on, we've—we've uh, yeah, we've always got room for are, you, bro. You guys are an absolute blast, man. I, I really—I just enjoy the hell out of it, and thank you so much. Awesome, love him. That's our guy, Kevin Kiley Jr. Is he? officially our best friend as far as performers go. Oh, I guess still Mojo would be. Yeah. I mean, Mojo's still the Mojo's answer. never been on the show. So but there's there's extenuating circumstances for that. You I know don't I mean? care. Like, I don't care. He's my friend in real life on this show. The uh, the best friend on this show would be Kevin Kyler uh, You Jr. know what? You're right. As far as the show is concerned. He, he is the, the official wrestler is, of jobbing out. Wow. I'm good with that. I'm good with I that. I mean, unless you guys want to just – really mark out for the belt and say, you know, we had We Jinder did have Mahal gender. Before. We did have gender. That's true. You know, before we had... How about Leo? <laughs> uh, it could be Leo coming up. Uh, we also, I mean, like, I, maybe it's... We, he hasn't back out in a second time, but Rich Swan is our boy. Yep. I mean, yep. that's our boy. So, 
All right, there's maybe we do a poll this week. Who who gets the official title? The official of the, title, yeah, yeah. Right? Maybe we do a poll about that this week. All right, um, let's touch on one thing, and then I want to do a top five this week because I haven't done a top five in a long time. Um, Don't let it be my thing. Wait, what? What, what do you want to? Oh, <laughs> ah, my bad. I just caught it. Wow. I'm not touching your thing. Uh, <laughs> damn it, damn it. You got that one on me. Uh, no. So look, we're not going to get into the details of whatever happened at the airport this week with Alberto Del Rio and Paige, because the truth is we don't know. Nobody really seems to know. There's about six different stories that appear to exist about that whole thing, but it came on the heels of a brutal weekend for Alberto Del Rio where he was just shitting on. I still don't understand what he's (laughs) mad about. Like, I don't understand this Instagram post about the new day and the brat battle. Bro, are you mad that Xavier Woods fucked your girl? Are you mad that they brought it up in a in a rap battle? Because like, what? If you're mad that Xavier Woods fucked your girl, fine. She wasn't your girl like at the time, and maybe I, I don't. What are you? What are you really mad about? Are you mad that it was on video? Like maybe you should talk to her about that. Like you know, that's the whole different thing. Are you mad they brought? Like, do you, are they supposed to pretend like it never happened? I just don't understand what they're what he's mad about there, and why he'd be mad about them, like as as a reasonable thinking adult. And maybe the problem is that he's not. But I don't really understand what it is that you're mad about. Like I get it; nobody wants to know that their girl. You mad, bro? Yeah. Like, look, this is a guy who I don't know if he got into a physical altercation or got into a you know fight backstage with. With uh, DJ Z, he got in a fight with Teenage Mutant, wrestling Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because they looked at his girl wrong. So this is yeah, a guy This guy who, is not stable, yeah. man. And, and that brings the question up, right? The, the reason why I bring this up is, has look, whatever they're trying to do, and, and maybe it'll, nothing will ever change with Impact Wrestling or Global Force or whatever it is, but they had some heat coming off of Slammiversary. They got a lot of uh, mainstream media attention. Um, you know, jobbing outs, putting them over, right? We've had a bunch of their stars on. We're having another one on. Are they doing the wrong thing, throwing themselves behind this dude? They suspended him, didn't they? But it, they've already taped through the mid-August. They, they've already taped a lot of it. They, they've suspended it, but in practical terms, right? It kind of doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it means they keep him off, and then suddenly, it's very possible and probable, quite frankly, that the investigation wraps up just before the tapings, and there's actually no punishment involved. I, I just this is way less to me about that. And again, if something happened there, if he got into a physical altercation with his chick, and this is a... Forget it. This is not an argument. The answer is no. It's unacceptable, and they need to let him go immediately. But I'm saying, even if that's not the case, because there's enough hubbub out there that that might not be the case. I I think it's a problem simply because I don't think at this point, with so much out there over the past, what has been about a year at this point about him, I think it's hard for him to be a face. So to put him not just you know on top of your company, but on top of your company as a face... I think that's, that was problematic for moment one. Like, that match was awkward because we had to get behind Del Rio as a face, and it's hard to do that at this this point. It, it just is. I mean, I don't know how you can. I mean, I just... Oh, he's so unstable, bro. He's just so crazy, man. Like, I... Ay, 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 ay. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's move on to something more pleasant. Topanga. Topanga. <laughs> so we, uh... <laughs> Saturday morning, you wake up, and my Twitter is just inundated with people letting me know that Topanga had been out the night before at PWG to see one Leo Rush. I hate Leo right now. (laughs) We all hate Leo Rush. She's having fun with which is great. Leo 
who, by the way, looks like perhaps is on his way to NXT. By the way, Shamrock Cup and then Evolve in Joppa yeah. in August. You guys may want to go yeah, to that those. That might be it. That might be it for getting to see Leo before. Uh, way, did, did you see who he's fa- facing in Evolve? No. Matt Riddle. Oh, oh man. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm pretty excited August about that. August 11th in Joppa, guys. That. That's pretty good. Oh, that's the night before my pig roast. Oh. All right. Leo Rusher's Matt Riddle. I know, I know. All right, we'll figure something out. Um, all this being said, Topanga is there. Daniel Fischel. Um, Danielle Fischel. I think I said Daniel, Daniel. which is really weird. Danielle Damn, Fischel. Daniel. Uh, <laughs> not bad. And back at it again with the white fans. Um, <laughs> she is apparently a Leo Rush fan. Or at least enough. That, so, like, so like, is this, like, real? Is but she's, she, like, she is dating a guy who is well-known in the wrestling circle. He's a, he's a journalist. He's well-known in the wrestling circle. I hate, and- this is, I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate this. I, the only time I ever had to Topanga on my show, right? You had to Topanga on the uh, show, and you didn't weird. end up like a, in, a mess? This is in Phoenix. Well, this is, I swear to God. She looked over at one point and said, oh, my God, I wanted to, like, she said, you remind me a lot of my boyfriend. <gasps> and I said, what the <laughs> F? I'm like, I'm like, I, I could have had the banker. Right? Like, you do this thing in your mind where you're like, she's like, yeah, he's a lot like you. Like, you kind of look alike, and like, he's just a big sports fan. And I'm just like, what? 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 Like, it was insane. It was, I was losing my mind. Um, and then she's, you mean to tell me she's dating a wrestling journalist now? At, at least a journalist who dabbles in wrestling. Oh, yes. what the F? What the F? Part of the reason why we loved Topanga was because she was attainable. Turns out she's, she's actually attainable. attainable. <laughs> God damn it. Ah, all right. I don't want to sound too sexist here. Maybe we should back off of all this. Um, the moral of the story is that got me thinking. So Topanga's a Leo Rush fan, which, I don't, again, I don't know. Maybe she just saw him. Maybe she just saw Leo Rush that night and said, that guy's incredible because he is. He's obviously incredible. And she said, I'm going to be a Leo Rush fan. I'm going to go get a T-shirt. That leads me to this question. We're going to do a top five because we haven't done a top five in a long time. I know we got a, a long show this week, but, you know, whatever the hell. We had Tommy Dreamer and Kevin Kiley on, so go after yourself. Um, I want to know, if you were trying to convince someone to become a professional wrestling fan and you were given five wrestlers, now that includes tag teams, that, you know what I mean? like Factions. Yes. Within, and this is all time, correct? Right, within reason. If you say the Bullet Club, you're going to have to trim it down a little bit because that basically narrows it down to everybody. <laughs> Jeff at Jarrett. This point. <laughs> like, you're going to have to do a little bit better than the Bullet Club. But if you could only show five professional wrestlers, factions, whatever it is, to try to convince, and what you'd be able to show them is like a greatest hits tape, essentially. A little bit of everything, a little bit of mic work, a little bit of ring work, a little, you know, the whole deal. You'd show it all, you'd show them five, and hope that you could get them over as wrestling fans. Which five would you choose? That's our top five this week. The main event is AJ Francis. He gets to go first. Who's your number five? My number five would win him off right off the back. Uh, I think I, I only picked one person because I think in order to make a wrestling fan, you have to show them people that they're going to actually see now. Um, but so I agree with that, by the four, way, four of my five are people that are active. All of my five but, are active, but one person that I would show them because of who they are and it, it would make them just be open to the idea. I would show it first would be the rock, the rock. First of all, for my money is the greatest performer in the history of the business. Um, and, uh, I've said that numerous times and I truly believe it. Uh, on the mic, there's never been anyone like him. There are people that try to mimic him, and they can't. Uh, he is one of one. Uh, he was put on the earth to entertain, and 
not to mention he has some of the greatest matches in the history of the business. He was okay. I, I mean, my 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 favorite match ever in wrestling history is Hogan Rock WrestleMania 18. I guess you call it X8 because of how they right. That's it. right. Yeah. Yes, that's true. But but it's WrestleMania 18, and that's one that's my favorite match ever. Then you, I mean, you show him both of the John Cena matches. You show him any match he had with Mankind or Stone Cold or Triple H, or even there was one match he had with Undertaker where he puts under he gives Undertaker a rock bottom when the match starts and the ref gets bumped. So like the mat he should have won then, but the match goes on and it ends up being a great match. He he has so many fantastic classic matches. Uh, not to mention his match with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Like he had, and I mean, if you literally put on a ten minute video of The Rock's best promos and backstage backstage segments, I don't think there's anybody in wrestling history that can top that ten minutes. Of course, of course, our nerd AJ would pick an obscure name like The Rock. Of course, he would just go out you know, in the, the ether and find somebody like that that nobody can associate with whatsoever. <laughs> All right, your number five, Aaron. Uh, my number five. I actually. Uh, Thinking about this, like, I can show them the five, and that shows, like, every aspect of wrestling. That's kind of one of the ways I approach this. Uh, my Me too. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Wow. Uh, my number five is Rey Mysterio, and I'd basically okay. just show all of 97, all of Rey in his prime, facing Psychosis, facing Super Callow, facing uh, Laparca, facing Eddie, facing Dean Malenko, uh, fa- all of these guys, because I think that, you know, just like Topanga's a Leo Rush fan, because she probably she saw him doing all sorts of flippy shit. Right. Uh, Rey Mysterio draws people in. He's flashy. He looks good. The masks are cool. And then he's doing all the crazy moves. I think that that is one of the best ways to bring somebody in uh, to the business. Obviously, not everybody wrestles that way. So yeah, it, correct. So that aspect doesn't else, have right. it. But as far as just the first thing that they can see is Rey Mysterio flying around, that's going to catch people's attention. All right, very good. Um, I'm with AJ. All of mine are active because I, if I'm teaching, I want them to then be able to go see that person afterwards, right? Like I, I don't want to try to introduce you to wrestling and be like, oh, my God, I have to see so-and-so. And you're like, oh, I have bad news. He died 10 years ago. I'm, I'm so terribly sorry. Um, so all of mine are active. Um, similarly, there's, there's different things that they do. My number five is Nakamura. Now, considering how much we all love Shinsuke Nakamura, I would think that you'd want to have him higher on the list. But the truth is, I think the language barrier and and not being able to show mic work would be a little bit tricky. But I need, if you can't watch the joy that everyone has watching Shinsuke Nakamura perform, I don't know that we're, I think we're hopeless. If you can't at least see that and understand the joyfulness that is with, within the soul of everyone when Shinsuke Nakamura is doing anything, I think we're in trouble. I don't know that we can win if you can't at least feel that. You might not get wrestling yet. You might still sort of be a little bit you know, quizzical about it. But if, if you at least can see the happiness there, I think we're going to start with something. So Nakamura is my number five. Your number four, AJ. Uh, actually, I'm going to say Shinsuke is my number four because he was my number two. Okay. Um, the reason the reason I had him at number two though was because, like you said, the the language barrier is a, is the problem. That's the reason I had him so high on the list because to me, after I show you five and after I show you four and after I show you three, now I'm just going to show you a guy who you can see right now. And you don't, you barely has any mic work, but his entrance is iconic. And when it comes out. There's nothing like that you've ever seen in your life. And then I'm going to show you his matches. And at that point, I've, if I've already got you to that point to watch it with me, like, 
you're watching Shinsuke Nakamura matches after you watch Rock matches and the other people I got. Yeah. You watch Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. Yep. Shinsuke Nakamura versus uh, Dolph Ziggler. You watch these matches. You're hooked. Yeah, we can go a bit, even a bit back further. You know, we didn't have to wait till Shinsuke Nakamura got into NXT even in order to start showing him to you. I'm with you though. I mean, like, I yes, correct. I'm I'm in agreement. Number four, Aaron. Uh, my number four. I, I did think that you did need. While I understand that you want to show everybody the the current guys, I did think you wanted to show something classic, something kind of the the familiar stereotypical WWE wrestling that they might know. Uh, I want Randy Savage to show them Randy Savage. They got the performance, they got the mic work, they got the wrestling. He encapsulates the the classic what you think of wrestling more than anybody else, and and so you get that little bit of grounding. I think that Randy Savage. To understand wrestling, I think you really need to see Randy Savage. Okay, I mean, I I, I certainly don't have any beef with Randy Valid. Savage. Right? I mean, I don't I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. Uh, my number four is AJ Styles, and I struggled with this. Right, I tell you that it really it was hard to leave Joey Ryan off my list, but. Oh, is he on your list? <laughs> no, he's okay, not on right, my list. I did consider I did, something yeah. a little offbeat like that. I, I, but then I was like, maybe maybe it's somebody that I'm going to find out. It's, like, if, if it was the right person, I'd leave. I, honest to God, I'd put Joey Ryan on the list instead of AJ Styles. I, I really would. That's how much I think of Joey Ryan. Um, that being said, I, I've now shown you an entertainer. I want to show you a technician. I want to show you a performer. Um, and while AJ Styles is still great on the mic and does everything else well, that's what I'm getting when I watch. I'm watching the best professional wrestler in the world. I'm watching the guy who I want to watch. I want you to watch his match. You've been entertained by Shinsuke Nakamura. Now I want you to watch the athleticism, the the, the technical aspects of professional wrestling, and that's what you're going to get from the best wrestler in the world. So AJ Styles is my number four. Uh, AJ. Uh, my number three is uh, a big battle that I end up having with a lot of of wrestling fans of people that I introduced to wrestling. Hmm. I have it with ki- that kids that I introduced to wrestling. Um, I have it with uh, even grown men that that watch wrestling every week will say things that I completely disagree with because their own ignorance. And that is the fact that the number three person on my list is Charlotte Flair. Mm. And, mm. and I would show Charlotte Flair because there are people in this earth, like there are people that watch wrestling, like that I know that watch wrestling every week that will tell me that the women's match sucked even though it was a great match because they're women. Like they'll just say, oh, they're, I didn't like the women's match. Like, or the women came on so I went to go to the bathroom. Like they'll say things like that. And I have to – Charlotte Flair is the perfect example to show you that that is not the case. Not only is she putting on incredible matches. I mean her WrestleMania matches – her match series with Sasha last year, her matches in NXT, her match with Natalya in NXT, her matches with Becky Lynch. Like, she has a ser- so many great matches to show you. Not to mention her father is Ric Flair, who literally every person who doesn't watch wrestling still knows who Ric Flair is. Uh, so you have that bridge. And on top of that, you have the fact that if you actually watch her promos, she's, if not the best, definitely top five in wrestling today on the mic at getting her point across and looking good in the process. Correct. Correct. I have no issues with Correct. that. Correct. <laughs> all, all accurate. Ding. All accurate. Ding. Ding. Um, now, number three for my, you. My number three, uh, after having the, the flashiness of Rey Mysterio, the, the stylish of uh, Savage, I wanted to kind of go the other direction for it with the more ground, still very charismatic. And I thought of a couple guys here. 
went with the most recent one. Uh, I want to show him Kevin Owens. I want to show him the kind of the flip side. The still a lot of charisma. You are going to be interested when you watch it. It's not. Go- I'm not going the pure kind of you know pure technical. Uh, but the guy who doesn't necessarily look like a wrestler, guy who can wrestle a lot, guy who can cut promos, but does it in a way that isn't the, the 80s style, the lots of colors, mm-hmm. lots of you know phoniness about it, kind of the more grounded style of Kevin Owens. I think that that's a big factor. And uh, he wouldn't be a guy who I showed them first, but he would be in, essential in the five that I showed Okay, uh, very good. My number three, I only have one female on my list, and I, it's Asuka because she's Asuka. And because she's Asuka. Uh, did I make my point yet? Or do I need to continue going? <laughs> Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. I think she you just, understand. She beats the shit out of people. She's so. Asuka. She's got multicolored <laughs> she's hair. Going and she going to kill you. you. Yes. She has like a fake, <laughs> on her wrestling trunk, she has like a fake thong yes. going on. I don't understand it at all. But I love it. I'm, I, I think she's going to murder me, and yet I love her. I don't yes. understand what is going on in the world. She's Asuka. AJ, you're number two, please. My number two. Um, I mentioned with the entrance of Shinsuke Nakamura, and there are plenty of great entrances uh, in the history of the business. Undertaker, Shinsuke, Bra- uh, Finn Balor, uh, Hulk Hogan. Like, There's a lot of them. But there's never been an entrance like Bray Wyatt's ever. And there's never been someone to to deliver those cryptic cult leader promos. Like they literally give me the skeeves sometimes. He is he's like, and the crazy part is the only reason it works is because that's really him. Like that's true. Talks about when he talks about tearing down the establishment and like how you got to stick it to the man, you got to do all these things. Like he truly believes that in his heart of hearts. And I really believe that like at his house he has like 20 people living in the backyard feeding him grapes. Um, I, I, I truly believe everything that he says and he has, and he can work. He has good matches. JJ is going to end up in a compound. Like I just realized that. He does live in Florida now. I'm saying like he's, he, he literally like when you, I, I was talking to, we were, I was at Brent's house, right? Um, who, for who Brent Grimes, I don't back for the Tampa Bay. What is, what is that? Uh, national football league team. Uh, boy. Uh, yeah, not ringing a bell. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, uh, so I was at their house this weekend, and I watched uh, Great Balls of Fire there. First of all, they Brent couldn't get over the fact he simultaneously was shocked and si- and loved the fact that the pay per view was called. Well, I mean, of course, so, right. that, that's everybody's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, but that's also where I got the thing from Charlotte Flair when I said about Charlotte. Aiden, his son, was like, I don't want to watch the girls wrestle. And then at the end of that Alexa Bliss Sasha match, he was standing on the couch like unbelievably excited he could not believe what he was watching that's really funny because the girls can go um but also at the same time i was talking to when bray wyatt came out i was talking to uh brent um and he we were sitting there and he was like yo he was like i have always liked bray wyatt but when i when i was at wrestlemania and his interest came out he was like i've never felt anything like that and i was like yeah i mean you you gotta you gotta like you can watch it on tv and it's crazy but when you see that live with all those lights and the yeah, swaying it's different and in the, and, and the low music like nobody else has an interest in music like that like ever nope like maybe undertaker but even still no because it's like organ so it's like way higher like it's just so much it's it's so different so unique and uh i think that would at that point, after showing them everybody I've showed them already, that would begin to hook them in. All right. Uh, Aaron? 
You know, I've, I've been asked this question before in a different way, which is what's the match that you would show everybody who wasn't a wrestling fan to try to get them hooked? And I, I kind of thought about it well. And one match that I just kept coming back to that I thought would be a perfect way to hook them in. It's not too technical. It's not, you know, too hardcore. It's a nice balance of everything. Is the TLC matches of the 2000. So my number two is the Hardy Boys. I think that the Hardy Boys, their flashiness, their Go styles. Go yourself. Uh, Go fuck yourself. I mean, they are... I mean, like, just take... Is there a ruler in here? I'm going to shove it directly up your asshole. Wow. They're number one on my list, so you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the Hardy Boys are just absolutely perfect for who I would show to get them involved. (sighs) God damn it. That is the correct answer. And you you could show them everything from back then. That's the point. That's the reason why the Hardy is the correct answer. Mother... All right, well, my number two... <laughs> is the uh, Hardy Boys no, now. Well, yeah, I guess. It's going to have to be the Hardy Boys. Because uh, AJ referenced something. And you're right. I think somebody with a very unique entrance is important here. And um, Bray Wyatt's a good choice. But he doesn't have the best entrance. I think we all know who the best entrance in oh professional wrestling no way, Jose. belongs to. It, no. Say our truth. I'm going well, first of all... <laughs> I really pained me to not put our truth on this list. <laughs> I was really it surprised really he wasn't number four. Yeah. Really surprised he wasn't number four. Um, and no, it's not No Way Jose. I cannot believe that you guys are struggling with this one so much. In all of professional wrestling, who has the best entrance? All of professional wrestling. Think about it, Aaron. Think about it. It's a Grado? Of course it's Grado! <laughs> of course the answer is Grado! Because I knew nothing about Grado, but the moment that Aaron walked in here and said, all you got to do is watch this three-minute clip, I said, well, I know who my new favorite professional wrestler is. I know who I want to follow around and literally go see a show at an elementary school gym, and he didn't even show up! (laughs) Grado is the answer, boys. And he was going to be my number two, but he's actually my number one. So there you go. Uh, my number one, I'm going to take. I'm going to take the wrestling involved, and I'm going to take the pure connection that this man has with the crowd from moment one. Takes you on the journey. Uh, I'm going to show him the best of Daniel Bryan. Just kind of the idea of this is the type of ride that wrestling can take you on. Just show him the the Randy Orton saga there, the saga against the Authority. Forget all the stuff about with that. I could show them for Ring of Honor. I could show them all the great matches. I could show them everything he's done. But just the fact that I not to mention Team Hell No. Yeah, exactly. I could show them all all of Daniel Bryan's career, but I all I would have to do is show them this the saga of the Authority. Is like this is what wrestling can do. It can take you on this ride. It can make crowds revolt. It can make him fans destroy other wrestlers' career because they love this guy so much. Daniel Bryan is what wrestling is all about, and so that. Especially after I show them those other four, I am showing them Daniel Bryan, and if they're not hooked, they'll never be. Um, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I sure. liked him a little bit. It was okay, uh, but he's not active, so I didn't put him on my list. Uh, your number one. My number one is the only answer, and it's the New Day. The New Day is who needs to be shown. The New Day is three black dudes, right? So when you think professional wrestling, you don't think three brothers, and you don't think three brothers in flashy, bright, like fluorescent pink and blue suits. You don't see that at all. But then you see not only can all three of them work in the ring and all three of them have individual matches on their own that are good, and they all have even better matches all together. Um, But then you show them 
all of their promos, all the funny things they've done, the time machine that they did with the Vaw villains. It was okay. You have, like you have you have that when they cut the original promo in Brooklyn in summer for SummerSlam when they basically took the song New York and ran down New York, like and then went on to win the tag team titles. And even though they were in New York and ran down New York and won the tag team titles and were heels, the entire place erupted when they won. Like that that is pro wrestling. It's like you fall in love with characters because of how entertaining they are. And then when they can go in the ring, you have so much more respect for them uh, from that point too. And the New Day encapsulate that. Plus I'm black, so I had to pick a brother. You know? <laughs> well, you picked The Rock. Does he not count because he's... No, he definitely pick, counts, but I mean, how many black guys did you, did you guys pick? Um, I love our truth Shut up. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, very good. Uh, all right, let's get some plugs in. This has already been the longest show I think we've ever done. So let's get some plugs in. AJ, what are we plugging as far as music and uh, Francis Sports Academy is concerned? Yeah, Francis Sports Academy. Um, I actually just helped a kid from Florida get to a private school. I was doing basketball get, uh, workouts with him, and I told the coaches down here, I was like, yo, you got to check this kid out. He went over there, and now he's going to be going to this private school. He just moved here from Atlanta. So What he doesn't I'm know really, is that AJ is going to report back for 10% of his first contract. <laughs> Yeah, nah, not me, not me, not me. I, I, if he wants me to be his agent, I will. Cause I know what to do. But I ain't gonna ask to do it. Um, uh, it's like, you know, the, the, you know, that's what the French Sports Academy is all about: is getting kids opportunities that they wouldn't get otherwise. My dad is still doing the basketball clinics every Sunday, um, in in uh, Anne Arundel County and Howard County. So you can go to francissportsacademy.com or francis underscore sports on Instagram or Twitter, uh, to find out more. Um. What was that? Yeah, yeah tell, tell everybody about Frank. I, I, we didn't say anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. And then I just heard, no, it sounded like you said something. And then uh, uh, obviously, you know, I got my music out. I got uh, my albums coming together. It should be done within the week. Um, and it'll be dropping September 1st, OTA on the way. Um, I got another single coming out on uh, August 4th, which is the same day that my album pre-orders start. Ooh. Um, and it's uh, it's called Olympic Gold. It is a single that I did with my boy J. Lou. J. Lou, uh, we played together at the University of Maryland. He played O-line, and now he lives back in South Carolina. Um, and he's rapping, too, and he's got a good following. So um, it's a really dope song. It's, I mean, as far as, like, radio potential, like, play and spins, like, everybody loves the songs I've dropped, out, I've dropped now, and they're all great songs, too. Um, and I have a lot of great songs on my album, but this song is I, I I would be shocked if this song doesn't get a million views on YouTube when we drop the video. It's just I know what gets played in the radio. I know what gets played in the clubs. I know those kind of songs, and this song is that. So I will actually send that song to both of you via email, and Very you good. can hear you'll hear it for yourself. Well, we might have already played it. Oh wait, wait, wait when's, when's it dropping? August fourth. Okay, then we won't play it until we won't play it until we get closer to that. Then we won't we won't include it as a rejoiner then. Uh, all right. Well, awesome, man. Awesome. Very good. Uh, no, and, you can. You can. Okay. All right. Then maybe we'll use it this week. Send it to me right now. At AJ Francis 410 on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, Aaron, you're on Twitter? At DAOster. We're on Twitter. At Jobbing Out Show. The email? Jobbing Out Show at gmail.com. Baltimore Sun Rolling Stone? Uh, I'm actually working on a piece about the Punjabi prison right now. I'm okay. talking to people who were like, involved in its creation nice. back in 2006. And all of them are pretty much just like, this was the most ridiculous thing we ever did. And That's so, pretty funny. That's it, pretty funny. It, it should be... 
assuming it comes together the way I want to, and I think it will, uh, it should be a really fun uh, article. And that's where is that? That'll be Rolling, Rolling Stone. Stone. Very good. Excellent. Uh, at Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com. I had uh, AJ actually on as a guest, but not really as a guest. He just wanted to play. Uh, we, he was playing Would You Rather Wednesday on Twitter, so I let him just call into the show and play it as well. So you can check that out there. Um, very good. Uh, go support MCW this weekend. Thanks Shamrock to, uh, of course, thanks to Tommy Dreamer and to Kevin Kiley Jr. For uh, Aaron Oster and for the main event. AJ Friends. Oh. Vent. 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 AJ Francis, the Washington Redskins. I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Vent. 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 Jobbing out. <laughs>